This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls here. That's the point of the show. To George in D.C. on the amp line. George, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, you hear that um, the House pretty much um, shot down that $700 billion bailout plan? <laughs> yeah. How about that? Well, wonders I never am, cease. I am so amazed. I now know that there is hope for the federal government, and we can have liberty again in the United You're States. You're joking, right? You are joking. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, right. did, you, did you not see how the Republicans stood up? To, uh, you know, a, a member, um, Some of the members of the Republican Party stood up against the Republican leadership and the vast majority of the Democrats and said, no. We will not uh, give socialist welfare to the big bankers on Wall Street. Today? Yeah, for you a couple gonna days. Right, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. I sort of feel like yeah, the guy on... put some lipstick I'll... on that pig and shove it up our ass. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I feel like the guy on death row, they got, my, they got my veins all popped out with a rubber rubber hose, but they missed with the, uh, the injection. They'll just get me tomorrow. So, George, you know? what were your comments on all this? Yeah, I was thinking, well, at least we get to keep uh, our value of our dollar at least a little bit longer until they probably vote yes on, it on Thursday. That's what the headlines say. Mm-hmm. Uh, there. Oh, also, geez. I wanted to comment on someone called on Saturday in the night show saying, uh, some guy called saying um, we should, that they should just take the $700 billion and give it to the rest of us. And he mm-hmm. said we'd get over six figures. It's like, yeah, uh, it looks good at first, but when you do the math right and you're sober when you're doing that math, um, <laughs> Seven hundred billion dollars divided by two hundred million um, Americans, eighteen and over, just amounts to thirty-five hundred dollars, not two hundred and fifty grand. And besides mm-hmm. that, all it would do is inflate yeah. the economy anyway. Hold on, so wait a minute. Right, I mean, uh, right. two, only two hundred uh, million Americans, eighteen and up. I, I, I even question that number. I think we're yeah, no, that, that's like a ballpark figure or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like ballpark it up a hundred mil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you know, I was uh, I was just telling Mark and Ian before we started the show. I, I am ripped about this thing, and I'm so, so angered by what's been going on. Not only the content of what they've been putting out, my friend, but the rhetoric, the nonsense, the, the pure, as, as Richard Butler used to say in the Psychedelic Furs, lyrical drivel article sewer. This stuff is just verbal crap that they are spewing out. Yep. And you know what gets me? I don't know what gets me more ticked off, Mark. Uh, George Bush's line this morning that this thing was essential. and It's essential because... His rich banker friends will lose their giant yachts and have to go down to only oh, very man. large yachts. And you know what gets that's me? That's the thing. That's the that's the really sick well, part of true. this. Yeah. I hope yeah. they go down to a dinghy. Well, yeah, yeah, but but the thing that gets me most about this thing is anybody with any taxes on a fucking boat. I don't understand why Americans aren't watching this more closely. I don't get it, but I do know at least in an instinctive level they were calling their congressman. If you hear what George Bush is saying, he goes, he says. Well, this is very important because uh, the government will be able to lift off the bad mortgages, and we might even make some money off of this. Okay. Yeah, they might donate a little more to charity, something like that. Yeah. 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 And I said, like 
Yeah, well, I'm sitting there saying, okay, then why don't we do it all the time? Uh, why don't we just have the government take over everything like they did in the Soviet Union? If these guys are trying to sell us a bill of goods that the, the government is going to make back something, well, what are they doing? They're buying bad mortgages, right? Why do they have to buy the bad mortgages and then renegotiate them at new levels? Well, there's a reason. Because right now in the marketplace, nobody will buy the bad mortgages because they are high risks to them. So they don't want to buy them because people are probably going to default. So what's going to happen? The government, in order to stop these defaults, is going to renegotiate once they own these loans, these mortgages. They're going to renegotiate with people at lower levels. And guess who's going to make up the difference in the value? Taxpayers. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. You go, but pot smoking isn't. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, George, for the call tonight. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Very coherent. You know, that's a that's a good question to ask every time you find out the government's doing something. Anything. Hey, that's illegal, but pot smoking isn't. <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. Did you guys hear about the, the panel that they wanted to have to oversee this TARP nonsense? What did they know? TARP? It, yeah, TARP the TARP thing is composed of... Let me see if I can find it. The TARP thing is composed of... Uh, let me see. Um, okay, yeah. It says here... Um, uh, it establishes an office of financial stability... So a new bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah, within okay. the Treasury Department to implement the TARP in con- I love it. the TARP in consultation with the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System, the FDIC, the Comptroller of the Currency, the Director of the Office of Thrift Supervision, and the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. The last Secretary of HUD is now under indictment. Alfonso <laughs> Jackson. All of these, I would just love, if anybody, as you guys said, you know, that great line about you can do that, but you can't smoke pot. Mm-hmm. How about this? Is any one of those positions a constitutionally sound position? Probably no. not. No. Every one of those guys shouldn't be in his office. It shouldn't even exist. And now they're going to have them overseeing everything. Well, you know, I, I, the funny thing about this, I've, I've been listening all day, and the the, the Democrats and uh, Barack Obama basically are saying, you know, if we had had more better regulation, more government supervision, this wouldn't have happened. I'm sorry, this happened with government supervision. It happened because, because of, of government supervision. Yes. Barney Frank in 2005. Right. If, if, if they would have just done the Federal Reserve thing, you know, and printed the money. Now, I, I say that's the best solution is getting rid of the Federal Reserve, getting rid of the government regulation, period. Right. That's but not on the table. even if they just had the Federal Reserve out there and they were doing just what they were doing, we would not have had this because it was the practices of Fannie and Freddie, which really drove this home. Oh, it's it's the yeah, whole Fanny, thing is Fanny crazy. And you know, I don't know how we can shake people out of this idea that government can lift people out of their positions. All government can do is create a fiction that people are being lifted out of their positions on the backs of other people. And then once those other people realize, either through inflated currency that this is happening, or through government policy and redirection of money, or through government-sponsored below-market-rate loans to people in the inner city who shouldn't be picking up houses because they can't afford the mortgages, once that artifice is ripped off, the bottom falls out. And you've got to liquidate these assets. You know, I was, I was talking with uh, Stephen Smith from Texas a uh, really good economics writer, and there's a link over at Liberty Conspiracy to his writing. I love this guy's stuff. It's really good. You know, he's like a modern Henry Hazlitt. Really good stuff. 
So I was talking to him and I thought, look, if you had a bunch of people who were um, a bunch of kids and you did an experiment with the kids and all these kids have different skills. Uh, some kids are good at baking whoopie pies. Some kids are good at fixing bikes. Some kids okay. are good at mowing lawns. Right. And you start to uh, create a system where you funnel money. You've, you've got them interacting with each other, with the money that they make off the services they provide for mm. each other, a little little microcosm of our economy. And you have all of a sudden the teacher starts giving them a bunch of money. Well, you're going to find that their their costs will start going up, their expenses, the charges are going to start going up. Inflated currency, it's not right. as valuable. But also, if you start to redirect a bunch of, um, say, loans for people, because not everybody owns a bicycle, and instead of having the ownership society, as George Bush had, you had the bicycle ownership society, uh, let's say the teacher started to give very low-interest loans to a group of kids who couldn't buy bicycles. Now they're starting to buy bikes. Mm-hmm. Not only are you going to see the prices of the bikes rise, but you're going to see the a lot of people who would not be involved with the bicycle industry getting involved with it now. Mm-hmm. People who were making whoopie pies very efficiently before, doing things they were real good at, well, they're starting to see, I can make more money fixing bikes. So it's a, uh, an unnatural increased demand exactly, in the marketplace. Exactly. It not only increases the demand for the homes in this case, or the bicycles in, the, in mm-hmm. the example, but it increases the attendant services to all those things where people could be doing more efficient things in other markets and other facets and of the market. And then when the crash comes, those people that were working in those Boom. areas are SOL. Exactly. They, they can't work anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is, this is particularly... And, and those now are the these unseen. Guys, uh, for, throughout the, the entire unseen. time, they're the unseen. Yeah seen and then when it, the crash happens then all of a sudden you get to see it but then it's too late right exactly and, and so what the government the federal government's trying to do now is they're trying to prop up all the bicycle repair people and all the bicycle sales people and all the other you know it, so to you speak. just replace it for homes yeah. right and, That's and, exactly and, and because we don't want them to lose their jobs and have to go back to Making whoopee pies like they were good at in the first place. Right the toll-free number here. The, the problem with this mortgage industry oh. is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts on this or whatever issue you want to discuss, that's the point of the program. Also coming up, looks like a record amount of people, sad, unfortunately, have been uh, rounded up in another immigration sweep. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including live streams. We've got a broadband version, dial-up, and even a webcam version of the show. Just go to listen.freetalklive.com and enjoy. That's listen.freetalklive.com. On the go, want to read all the bestsellers on your PC? Laptop or PDA, go to eChapter1.com. You don't need one of those fancy little devices to, to read the ebooks there. They have over 100,000 ebooks for immediate release, um, download at low prices, every category, bestsellers, business, religion, they've got them all. It's all the stuff that's out now in the bookstore, eChapter1, that's E as an easy, chapterone.com, and they have uh, slashed their prices. eChapter1.com is now the lowest purveyor of ebooks as, as far as uh, price wise on the internet nice toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231 people want to comment obviously on this uh, financial meltdown situation it's on the minds of a lot of folks so we continue with your calls peter in new york you're on free talk live peter good evening guys what's on your mind tonight hey pete um under the cover of this historic uh day today there was a sub story now oftentimes when these historic things occur you have to look at the sub stories because 
you know, they might get overlooked. Okay, what is that? Title from, headline from Bloomberg. Federal Reserve pumps further $630 billion into financial system. Wow. So as all this was going on today at the House of Representatives, and all of us were fixated on it. They were doing it And anyway. it turns out that, you know, there was a temporary reprieve here because they actually voted against it. Under the cover of this, the Fed went ahead and just inflated the money supply anyway. Yeah, wow. I saw that too. Yeah, it's incredible. Now, $630 Now, God, I'm glad you're on tonight because I want to pick your brain on this. What do you think they were doing here? Were they basically hedging their bets, saying, okay, we're going to do this anyway. We're going to flood the market with $630 billion this morning. And you know what? Uh, that will protect our interest even if the House votes against this provision today. That's one way to look at it. The other way is basically what they were trying to do was to uh, inflate the market by $1.4 trillion today. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> I, I think it's the latter. And you know what's really interesting is uh, these guys have constantly been telling us, Paulson and Bernanke and all these guys have been telling us for the longest time that the problems that we've been seeing in the financial sectors and so on are, are going to be sector-specific. They're only going to be in the banking banking industry or the mortgage industry, but they're not going to get out elsewhere to other fields of the marketplace, right? <laughs> well, now they're telling us – and this is the funny thing. Now they're telling us with the bailout that the bailout is going to save the entire economy. So obviously they were lying to us before when they said that the problems were going to be sector-specific. I remember uh, Paulson was out there talking with Tom Brokaw when he was out enjoying the Chinese Olympics. And he's saying, well, you know, this is just sector-specific. So clearly what's going on is they're going to be pumping money through into the marketplace and have, having it ripple through if this thing comes through with the bailout. But you're absolutely right. They're going forward and putting money elsewhere all over the place, and it's not going to make a difference. All the money is going to ripple through any place they put it. Sector specific. Make your purchases now. <laughs> yeah, I think right, you're because, right. It's $1 trillion of inflated currency, my friend. And, and I think they also did this in a way, there was some evil genius here because, look, the fact of the matter is when, when, the, when, the, when the stock market, stock market goes down 800 points in one day and it looks like it could, go, it could keep going down this week, you risk deflation. Okay, you risk a deflationary spiral as opposed to an inflationary spiral. So it looks like what they did here was, in in a very sort of short-term, dangerous, pragmatic way, they countered that that risk. Well, see, I I, I would slightly disagree with you just okay. as far as definitions go. Um, I would uh, I would just mention to you that uh, the deflationary spiral is, I think, something that the, the term deflation is is used a little bit too often. Um, what we'd be looking at is a reduction in the economy, but not right. necessarily a a stronger dollar. Um, right. Okay. You're, yeah. you're correct. Yes. Yeah. I was yes. gonna. I was gonna yes. say, isn't deflation essentially the opposite of inflation, where well, they're they're removing? I mean, the the loans get paid off and that sort of thing. So the, it depends. It money depends. See, and and this is this is where we can probably uh, you know uh, just be be comfortable uh, amongst each other here, even though we, we might have different um, different perspectives on this. If you've got an increase in the value of the dollar. Uh, some people in the in the you know the political government circles will call that deflation, and they'll right. say, oh, we've got to stop it. So they'll inject money into into the marketplace, right. and they they right. will inflate. Real deflation is caused by the government. 
Um, and, and if you get increases in productivity that make the dollar very strong as opposed to other marketplaces mm-hmm. and other currencies, they'll call that deflation. I see. And, and so that's... It almost seems that we're so far gone at this point that deflation is really almost impossible. Uh, in other words, the money supply has been so pumped up that there really is no possibility for deflation other than, I guess, what would be just a complete collapse yeah. um, of, of the economy as a whole. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, we're not going to be worried. You don't have to worry about uh, a real strengthening of the dollar in any way whatsoever right now as far as the dollar versus productivity goes. Uh, you're not going to be seeing that. The dollar relative to other currencies is starting to improve just a little bit. But that's j- basically because uh, not that the dollar is strong on its own and that we're very productive the and they haven't just weakening. been flooding the dollars. The other currencies are just weakening. Right. Well, yeah. if, if the United States gets to uh, flood a bunch of money into there, their money supply, then it makes sense for the other countries around the world. To some extent, they could start doing it too, right. because it will, you know, get things closer to yeah. the, the U.S. So just just to make it straight, I, I think we're on the right track. I wasn't sure if I gave that to you in the right chunks, but uh, I think we probably agree on this. It wouldn't necessarily be deflation, but it would be um, it would be a reduction in the in the market, the United States market, Interesting. and uh, and you know that could coincide with actually an inflation inflationary period um, that isn't seen until a bit later on when the prices start shooting up. Now, there's some political dirty tricks going on as well, and I'll just mention one. They are actually considering, and I don't know my constitution inside out, but I I know that this is a dirty trick. They are actually considering bringing this before the Senate first now. (laughs) So basically, they're they're going to overlook all parliamentary procedure here and basically say, look, we're going to try to pass this in in the Senate first and then bring it to the House, using the passage in the Senate as leverage. This would be an unbelievable coup, almost absolutely unheard of in in the history of our country if they do that. Yeah, that's that's what they want to do. That's an excellent point. Interesting. Any other thoughts for us? That's it, guys. Thanks for the All call right. tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. At 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Gene, the Christian anarchist, on the amp line in Tennessee. Hi, guys. Hey, I Gene. want to talk about graffiti. Okay, sure. And, uh, you know, I would never do graffiti, and I certainly wouldn't igno- wouldn't uh, recommend that anybody else do graffiti. But, you know, I was looking at these uh, Palin, uh, uh, McCain-Palin signs, mm-hmm. and... Uh-huh. They're blue with white letters on them. And, you know, it would be a shame if somebody went around at 2 a.m. and just took, like, a red spray can and wrote Ron Paul on all those signs. And I I figured that red would look the best because a lot of people, they kind of find red, white, and blue rather uh, meaningful to them. So this sign's already red, uh, blue, and white, so you just add red. And I noticed the Obama signs are also blue and white. Yeah. person... And and but I recommend if somebody were to do such a thing, which I don't recommend that they do it. But if right. they did, I'd recommend that they buy the cheapest, brightest red paint they can find because I think some of those are ninety nine to a dollar twenty nine. Interesting suggestions tonight, Gene. Thank you. More on the way. Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the. You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. 
To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything just by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include the updates. You get signed up, and we'll let you know when there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, whatever is fresh. You'll know first if you're signed up at updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates.freetalklive.com. Sent an update not too long ago about our auction that's going on right now. You can place your bid and win a banner on our website, the third banner down from the top for an entire month, and advertise virtually anything. I think last time I looked, it was at about 20 bucks. So place your bid over at auction.freetalklive.com. That's one example of the many things you'll know first if you're on the updates list. That's great. So here is uh, the story that I mentioned earlier. It's actually a short story, and it kind of is sad how short this story is because it really just, I guess it says how frequent these things are happening now, perhaps. Uh, the Associated Press, or maybe there's no details yet. Associated Press reporting that federal immigration authorities say more than uh, 1,150 people, that's uh, almost 1,200 people, have been arrested in a special three-week sweep in California. The sweep targeted those who ignored deportation orders or returned to the U.S. so-called illegally after being deported. U.S. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement spokesperson Virginia Keis said that more than 400 of those arrested were from L.A. and several southern California counties. ICE teams from San Francisco to San Diego participated in the sweep, which concluded Saturday. So you have... A three-week-long period wherein they were sweeping all kinds of people in all kinds of different places. So it wasn't like they went and raided one plant. Uh, this sweep probably means they were hitting different businesses. They were probably hitting houses. Uh, they, they rounded up t- almost 1,200 people in this three-week period. This is mm. the largest sweep that I've seen so far you know, there in this was immigration madness. In, remember the stories out of Iowa where they were talking about how they had had that meatpacking plant and they had busted 600 people about a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Whole town. I mean, I've got some audio on my computer somewhere. Oh, it's so dead. I'll try to put it together. It's dying. Me. Yeah, there's there's nobody there. And these people, they were shielding these people in churches yep. because they could hear the, the, the vans rolling in. It's just incredible. Uh, there are stories about um, shrimp boats off the coast of Texas where they can't get enough people to work on the shrimp boats. So shrimp is going way up in price. Really? Lettuce pickers out in California, uh, they're not getting enough people to pick the lettuce. It's been, it was, I remember I gave, you remember the, uh, I did a speech last year over at the Liberty Forum in the, in the room that was exceptionally too hot, if mm-hmm. I recall. And, um, and I remember I had the stories about how they were just letting stuff rot on, rot on, the, fields. on the fields. Right. In the fields, yeah. Well, and also earlier, I think it was earlier this year, maybe last year, we read a story about how a lot of farmers are just saying, screw this, and they're going south. Uh, you know, they can't find the workers. Stuff's rotten in the field, so yeah. we'll just buy some land down in Mexico and plant and harvest stuff down there. That's where all our workers are anyway, so we'll just take our uh, business down to Mexico. You know you know what really bothers me? I was, I was speaking with a friend of mine about this a little while ago, and... Um, and he was bringing up a great insight uh, about uh, – he just read Atlas Rug by Ayn Rand and about mm-hmm. how so many people just don't understand 
the nature that the things that they have in life don't just appear out of nowhere. They're not static things. They're things that are created by other people. And and you need a dynamic, growing economy to be able to create more things and give incentives. And, right. and you know, the, this immigration thing is a perfect example. And I said, you know... Um, I, I don't like that people speaking Spanish around me, though. Yeah, well, geez, you know, and you know, and <laughs> who cares if they do good stuff and 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 work for people and buy products and all that stuff? I'd rather pay five times more for my apples, and yeah. I don't care if you got to pay they, five times more for yeah. your apples because then then people live too they many in one assimilate. house. Assimilate. You know what? If I'm going to, and you know, I don't want to sound crass or anything. If I'm going to a Thai restaurant. I don't give a flying crap if they've assimilated. I just want to know if they've got good food. <laughs> you know what? You know? I, you know what I'm deeply offended by? White people serving food in Chinese restaurants. <laughs> yeah, my I, friend, I just don't like it. My friend I'm sorry, Eric, I'm a bigot. My, I want my Chinese food delivered to me by Chinese people. You know, you know how on, on the restaurants people. they often, you know, will take uh, American names. Let's say someone's from Vietnam yeah, or mm-hmm. from Korea or whatever, and they'll take the name Bob or Jim or, right. or Sarah or whatever. And it beats trying friend, to explain it to yeah, all the white people what friend, their name is. And my friend Eric, the Anglo guy, was working at a Chinese restaurant as a waiter, and he comes over, and since they all had Anglo names, he changed his name to General. Sal. <laughs> and he has this name down. He goes, hi, I'm General Sal. I'll be your waiter tonight. Um, can I interest you in my chicken? It's very good. But, That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. And the, the immigration thing, what, what gets me is, again, you know, you don't have any conservatives talking about how how immigration actually helps. I mean, look, conservatives have fallen flat on economics. They they will not. It, it's really sad. It's it's The mantle has been totally passed on. They are total protectionists now. Uh, they might talk about taxation or regulation a little bit. And they might not the like full, the union still, supposedly. Yeah, but. The, the full panoply of really understanding free market economics and its ethical application is relied on only with libertarians and anarchists. It's the only, those are the only groups that do it anymore. And and you look at, the, you remember the debate that uh, where Rudy Giuliani, and I'm going to, I think I'm going to write an article about this um, for an organization. I got some news to give you guys in just a little while. It's not solid yet, but it could be kind of interesting uh, about a think tank down in D.C., so it could be really okay. good. Um, anyway, um, it, uh, the, you, remember, you remember when Rudy Giuliani was debating with, um, with uh, Romney? And uh, Romney and uh, Romney was it's yeah. doubtful that I would remember All right. that. Well, Romney was being accused by Giuliani of of having uh, immigrant illegal immigrants working on his I property, uh, doing his landscaping. Now he had hired a company that had hired some people that were illegal immigrants, mm-hmm. and of course, allegedly, and yeah, allegedly, and they were they were providing the product and competing with other people for less. Okay, right. very cool. So people who hired them got extra money in their pockets, and they could use it elsewhere on other projects and. Employ other people. Cool. Well, they didn't touch on any of that stuff, of course. It's all, well, just these foreigners, blah, blah, blah. It's illegal! Well, they managed to get that one judge at one point, I don't remember, uh, because she had hired, she hadn't paid Social Security on some illegal Mm -hmm. maid or Mm -hmm. something that she had in her employ. They were probably just trying to copy that and see how it went. Well, you know know what gets me? The the, the really effective uh, rumor, uh, you know, smear uh, thing that really worked was when George Bush smeared McCain by saying that he had a black lover in South Carolina, and wham! Just blew oh, yeah. him out of Those the water ads. in 2000. But you know, the thing that got me about that, that Romney-Giuliani thing was Romney came back and he said, you can't expect me to be looking into the green card status of all these people. In other words... I think that's valid. Right. So, But, but here's the point that, that he was missing. In other words, he's trying to make a point that he says you can't expect the homeowner to have to take on this burden. Well, what he doesn't understand is if you look at economics... The burden's going to be taken on by somebody, 
And if he doesn't do it himself and take all that time away from his work or another homeowner doesn't have to come in and try to check all the green card status, the employer he's hiring, the contractor, is going to have to do it. And guess who's going to pass on the costs? That's the thing. You either do it yourself and pay for it out of your time that's taken out, or you hire somebody else and you force them to do it. Somebody has to pay. Yeah, so how about we go to the root of it and not force somebody to have to look into the immigration status of of what these guys are doing? If he's saying it's too much of a burden for the homeowner, well, how about it's too much of a burden for the employer, too? Except, you know, and we actually haven't heard any of these proposals recently. Maybe we just haven't seen the news. But it wasn't too long ago that they were talking about forcing all employers to check their uh, their applicants yeah. against a federal database and essentially send off. I mean, if you come to try to work for me, you have to fill out this application, and I'll tell you, well, it looks good, Gardner, but uh, you know, I'll have to get back to you maybe up to a week, three weeks from now. I've got to send this off because you know the bureaucrats are slow. Yep. I've got to send this off to the federal government. We've got to get you approved. We've got to get, get your social security number scanned here. Got a di- driver's license. We're gonna make sure. You're okay to work here in America, and we'll get back in touch with you. Every co- that could be three company. months. I mean, have you ever tried to get your uh, passport? I mean, why why would it take any less time than yeah. getting your passport? I don't know. Which I is mean, a two I'm or sure three month t- process. I'm sure they'll talk about how they want to make it automated and electronic, and so it'll be lickety split. But they're they've been doing this on a trial basis with like twenty thousand employers across the country. Dunkin' Donuts is one of them, which is one of the reasons why I'm boycotting oh, yeah, it. Yeah. But they've been doing this on a, a trial basis, and they are finding that there's you know there's a percentage of people that they run through this system that just comes back as sorry you can't work but it's a false match or something like that so if you think it's bad with the no fly list where people can't get on a plane because they're on their name it may not be them but a name that matches theirs is on some government list imagine what's going to happen when people try to go get a job and they happen to match up with somebody who's in the database incorrectly or whatever and these bureaucratic bungles are going to result in people not working and you know I know we're up against the clock but we were talking last week about crimes, how there has to be a victim. There's no victim when you're hiring somebody to do work. So Let's true. remember that. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, we would, need, uh, we would like you to go and nominate Free Talk Live for this year's podcast awards. The nomination period is over, I believe, tomorrow. So if you have not yet gone and done so, please go to podcastawards.com and nominate Free Talk Live for the political category. Now, I know Free Talk Live, I don't like to consider it a political show. I think, uh, if anything, that it's generally apolitical. It's just the best fit. But it's the only category. That, benefits. Yeah, it's the only category that, that it really fits in. So please go. to and, and also, we've won it several years in a row, so this would be like our yeah, third or continuity. fourth year in a row or something nice. like that. So uh, podcastawards.com. And we don't, know how many, uh, we don't know who's nominating what shows for the political category, mm-hmm. so as many nominations as we can get in that amount of time, the better, because it could, you know, I mean, we could get bumped out right. and never even get in the running. Right. 
All right, 800-259-9231. Again, that's podcastawards.com. In the political category, nominate Free Talk Live. In fact, I should send out an update about that because I haven't done so yet. All right, we'll take your calls about whatever you want. And since we were talking about immigration, we mentioned that there's been this record sweep. Uh, and I love how they call it a sweep. It's just like they're uh, sweeping up the humans and catching catching them in their little dustpan and yeah. dumping them out of the country, uh, which is, of course, awful. These are people, and they have lives, and they have families, and this... These uh, immigration arrests are destroying families and ruining lives. And it's just disgusting to see people cheering this on as though there's something good about it. There's nothing good about it. And as you suggested earlier uh, or pointed out earlier, Gardner, it just hurts the economy. These towns that are having people rounded up from them, they're they're damaged. These these are people that are not they're no longer getting up in the morning and going to buy a cup of coffee. They're no longer getting up and going and buying things that they need for uh, the, to live life. They're not patronizing any sort of enter- entertainment venues. They're not doing any of the things. They're not buying groceries. Th- right. They're not paying rent. They're not buying gasoline. They're not doing all the things that make this economy run. Why? Absolutely. Because there's some hate-filled bigots out there that right. feel like they didn't fill out the paperwork the way they were supposed to. And those hate-filled bigots aren't lining up for the jobs that are freed up as they claim. Oh, they, they'll, they'll claim up and down, America are just waiting to get these jobs, but they're not because no. uh, food's rotting on the vine. Exactly. Exactly. They don't want those jobs. They want to get jobs that pay more because they've got skills that are better than what those jobs pay for. Because the products themselves, the consumers are unwilling to pay beyond a certain level. We hear all this nonsense of oh, well, if those grubby employers would only pay a going wage, if they'd only pay better. Well, the employer can only pay what the product will demand on the stinking marketplace. Only so- People will only pay so much for a bushel of apples. Exactly. So why don't they turn around? Well, if the consumer would only pay more for the (laughs) apple. But they never do that. They never never get down to the root of it. And you know, if you were to strip off all of the names of political parties and, and conservative or liberal or whatever... And just look at what they're doing mathematically on an economic scale. What they're doing is removing all of the cheapest labor in an area. And and yeah. that's what they're doing. They're saying, okay, let's just vacuum out all the cheap labor in an area, and anybody who's relying on cheap labor, tough luck, you're screwed. Yeah, the only thing this is good for, the only... A uh, group of people this is good for is the people doing the immigration in, in enforcement. I mean, yeah. if they're rounding people up, then each, for each person they get and they hold on to, they probably get paid, sort of like prisons get paid and schools get paid based on the amount of people that are in their system. So it'll just encourage more growth in that bureaucracy. So really, it's the only that's the only thing that's, that's the only group of people that benefits and from this. And you know, Ian, I worry a little bit, too, because um, this is coming at a time when the economy is, is on a downturn. And so, you know what you were mentioning before about how the Americans aren't going for those jobs. In a down, downturn economy where some of the higher-paying jobs were based on inflated dollars or money that was redirected through you know, federal housing loans or whatever, uh, as those jobs start to dry up, people are going to be turning to some of these other jobs that are opening up. So the history books down the line, when people are writing economic history... They may neglect to tell people, you know, it's going to be incumbent on us to tell people about all the different vectors that might have contributed to some of the Americans turning to these lower wage jobs because they didn't have any alternative. If they start doing this, yeah, that makes we, sense. we know why and we're going to have to defend that in the future. 
So let's uh, zero in on one case. Now, this was not uh, the case from the last sweep that we were talking about where they rounded up over 1,150 people and essentially are going to deport some of them. Some of them I'm sure they'll lock up for a while. Who knows how they'll treat them all. But when you're looking at it from that macro perspective, it's easy to just see the numbers and say, oh, 1,150 people, that's awful, it sounds bad. But let's zero in on one case and talk about the personal tragedy of what this can mean to somebody's life this story from uh, cbs news and it's actually um, it happened last year zoila meyer spent her whole life believing she was an american her parents brought her with them from cuba when she was one year old and always told her she was a u.s citizen she even won an election to the city council of adelanto a town of about twenty-three thousand in southern california's high desert But on Tuesday, immigration officers put the 40-year-old mother of four in handcuffs, and she's now facing deportation for illegally voting. In a phone interview, she said, to be honest with you, I'm scared. How can they just pluck me out of my family and my kids? Well, because that's what they do. That's their job. Because you're a damn legal alien. You didn't fill out the paperwork. Your parents <laughs> suck. And you people speak Spanish. I hate that crap. I don't want to press one. She said if they can do this to me, they can do it to anybody. Bits. After Meyer was elected to the council in 2004, someone told officials that she was born in Cuba, prompting an investigation. Eventually, the police came to me and said, Zoila, you're not a citizen. You're a legal resident, but you're not a citizen, she said. Who uh, She bar- apparently lives in San Bernardino, San Bernardino County's desert town of Apple Valley. We're at there, uh, right now, are we? I don't know. She res- I don't think so. She resigned after 10 weeks... In office in Adelanto, uh, Meyer, whose story is first, uh, was first reported in the Victorville Daily Press, applied to become a naturalized citizen and continued with her life, raising her children and attending two local colleges to earn degrees toward her goal of working in the justice system as a forensic nurse. However, because she was not a citizen, Meyer faced a felony charge of illegally voting in the 2004 election. Wow. In April 2006, she pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge of fraudulent voting, was placed on probation, fined, and ordered to pay restitution? What? To, to who? Well, yeah. Who did restitute on that? It's like the, it's like the state is a, is a living being now. What the I, heck is that? How can, you be, how can you commit fraud if you don't know that you're committing fraud? Yeah, what, well, they don't care. Point. Uh, what Meyer didn't realize is that fraudulently voting is a deportable offense. On June 18th, Meyer said immigration officials showed up at her home and told her to appear at their San Bernardino office. Her husband drove her to the office, and they handcuffed me. She said, they put me in jail, frisked me, and processed me. I said, you're doing this because I voted? The case is unusual, but immigration officials were just doing their job when they arrested Meyer, said a spokes So were the guys in the gas chambers, man. The spokes bureaucrat says... People are arrested on immigration charges from all walks of life. She can plead her case before an immigration judge if she feels she has reason to seek release for removal. Everybody has due process when they're arrested. If she doesn't have anything to hide, what's the problem with being put in jail and being uh, put on trial in front of an immigration judge? I mean, really, what's, what's, she, what's the problem? Meyer was don't a- forget the attorney. 
She was released uh, pending a, a appearance before the immigra- immigration judge who will determine whether she'll be deported to Canada, the last port of entry into the U.S. recorded in her immigration record. She said that her, uh, her parents uh, had visited Canada with her, and she'd gone many times to Mexico without anyone ever asking her to prove her citizenship. Meyer said she doesn't support illegal immigration, but she thinks immigration procedures should be changed to prevent misunderstandings. She said of her case... Because that can be done. <laughs> you can make the government work. streamline, yeah. less bureaucratic, and efficient. Because that's worked. Did you see the map that somebody made on, I think it was Reason.com has this? It's a map of the immigration process. It's kind of like one of those, you uh, you start at one point and then you ask yourself, are you this? Yes or no? Flow Follow sheet. Yes. Yeah, yeah, flow sheet. And flow it's chart. just... It's it's crazy watching the you know looking at the flowchart of the immigration yes. uh, legal, the legal process that everyone is supposed to follow it's just crazy and and this you know this this is exactly the sort of thing that people expect from I- illegal immigrants and it's the 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 people that are on the lowest of the economic scale is who they they want to be employed here look i knew that i had tax write offs when it came to my taxes i can only assume taxes and immigration are probably somewhere on you know the scale as far as similarly difficult to do and but Except that immigrants don't get to vote and taxpayers do, so mm-hmm. immigrants perhaps have it worse. Well, yeah. I never did my taxes on my own. I turned them over to a professional because I had things to do. I didn't fill out the 1040EZ form. I think the 1040EZ form would be the, the difference between immigration and taxation because there is a 1040EZ form oh, yeah. for taxation. There isn't one for immigration. Well, uh, leave it to sound rhetorical, but uh, leave it to government to uh, make it very, very difficult. If this was a market thing, they would be able to respond more quickly. They'd make things more efficient and less bureaucratic. The toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and I don't see any updates on her case since back in 2007, so maybe they disappeared her eventually. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Last hour, we were talking about immigration, and we're actually going to continue that because, Mark, you've got yet another personal story of how these... Just absurd immigration laws and the enforcement provisions and that, that are going on right now are ruining people's lives. And in, this, in your case, you're going to tell us about how it could be putting a man and his wife to death. Uh, we'll get to that. But first, we are going to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Tom, New Hampshire. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. I went to the Republican State Convention yesterday. Sorry about that. Yeah, I went to the Republican State Convention, <laughs> and awful. I have some uh, information to pass along to people. Okay. If you want to become a member of the Republican State Committee here in New Hampshire, what you do is you become a member of the, the county committee, and all of the county committees together form the Republicans, are going to form the Republican State Committee. This is different from the last time I, I uh, was involved in that back in 2000. Now, but, is this one of those things that you're saying that they're, they want a lot of people for, but nobody wants to do it, so it's pretty easy to get in? Yeah, it's easy enough to get in, except uh, so you, it's at the county level, except that 
Concord, Derry, Manchester, and Nashua, the cities uh, have pretty much the same thing as a ca- their own county committee, the, the Republican. Right. We can't really get too much into into uh, but, local political detail as this is an international radio program. But you are suggesting right. that people who are interested in getting involved in uh, the political system, there may be some uh, positions open, and this may be the case in other places, not just in New and, Hampshire. And, there may be some opportunities there uh, where you won't have to run against anybody just because there's so few people that want to engage in politics, right? And there's something else that I wanted to bring up. Okay. I I proposed a couple of platform amendments, and uh, those didn't get discussed for reasons uh, I'll get into later. But I also proposed a resolution. And, you know, people think about the, the political consequences of this resolution. The resolution, the New Hampshire Republican Party congratulates Sarah Palin on becoming a grandmother and wishes Bristol Palin and her fiancé the very best. And this resolution came up. And the vote was pretty close, a voice vote. It sounded to me like it was about dead even. The dude said the eyes have it, and there was no uh, demand for a, you know, de- count the votes uh, thing. So the the resolution passed. And Why the, is that newsworthy? Why are you telling us about it? It sounds like somebody's patting well, someone on the back. It it's just shows how dumb uh, the stuff is that they're, uh, they're voting on. Yeah. Not not really. That, that's a non-binding resolution that, uh, uh, at the very end, but... I don't know if the uh, either political party can make a big sting about. Hey, you know, I mean, they're they're encouraging this. What? What? what how? How can they? You know, it's like electing a pregnant prom queen. You know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, it doesn't have any mm. legal force or anything. But uh, seems like a big waste of time to me, Tom. What's the, What's the point of doing this? Well. Uh, the delegates to the Republican state convention get to vote on who gets to be in the county committees, and so I get to go to that and vote on who's going to be in the Hillsborough County Republican Committee and therefore in the Republican New Hampshire State Committee. Why does anyone okay. care about all this? Well, because that means they, cause they're Free State Project members and they want to infiltrate the, poli- the political all right, scene. there you go. Thanks Hampshire. for the call, and, uh, you Tom. I appreciate I, it. I don't know what else, but we're going to move on because I really I can only take so much of that uh, kind of discussion. It's it's not really relevant to any of our listeners, and so I don't really see what the point of it is. Uh, in fact, I don't know if I want to keep going with that on into the future. 800-259-9231. We go on screen to the amp line. There's no one there. Let's try this one. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? This Sam? Uh, this is Alex from New Jersey. Oh, Alex. Uh, I was I was just in a parade the other day, and um, it was commemorating this war hero, and supposedly he killed like 50 Japanese people during World War II. Mm-hmm. And I'm just calling to share my disgust at the kids that were at the parade. Uh, a lot of the kids were wearing this um, camouflage army um attire and they had guns and they were shooting each other with the the toy guns and i'm really disgusted at that because i mean i know the kids want to have fun and all but i think that represents something a little bigger that they're glorifying war and death in our country and and we're having a parade for this guy who killed all these people and i I don't think that's right what do you guys think i'm with you man i think it's a sick obsession that people have with the military in this country and i think you're absolutely right in your description that it's glorification of what they do what they do is uh... it's sick they kill people for a living kids little boys are gonna play with guns you would agree with that right i did it when i was a kid Right. I just don't like it when the parents egg the kids on to say, oh, you dress up in this little army outfit so you can be like a soldier who kills people. Oh, yeah, fun. 
What now? Did you see <laughs> so the you parents like, egging them on? You, you don't like the uh, parents. You don't like the soldier outfit. But if they dressed up in as Indians or cowboys or space mutants or zombies or whatever, those that's that's the one thing you just don't like the military outfit. It's it's really the military thing. That's correct. So if a uh, a free and anarchist state had its own military, that uh, you know perhaps a capitalist military, and they had a uniform, would it be okay? Well, it, it's well, I don't like glorifying war in in any case, but I do support the uh, the use of private defense contractors. Okay, and if, if they had uniforms, that that'd be okay. Those the defense contractors. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I so don't, don't like, like it American when I don't like it mili- when military little kids are you know saying, "Oh, let's kill," let, you know, this is good to you know go and die and do stuff because I'm not for war. I understand. You know I, I understand. Right. I'm not for war for, either. I am for private defense contractors. I'm just not for us flaunting it because war is irrational and it's never good. Right. Those but, private defense contractors would only be engaged in defending their clients. They would not be going and initiating yeah, force. But, but the little boys don't know about initiating force and all that other stuff. They're interested in playing guns with each other. What I'm I saying that. is that it represents something else. I agree with what Alex is saying. I absolutely agree with you, and I thank you for the call tonight, dude, at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and I did it you know, I did it when I was a kid, and, and I'm sure it has to do with the fact that uh, there are, certainly in the 1980s when I was growing up, there were a lot of movies that were glorifying violence, movies like you know, Commando, for instance, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, various different things blow up, things go boom. You're simply not going to have little male children and not have guns i mean that's just you know toy guns that 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 is the way it is they like them do do uh do little uh little males uh like toy guns in cultures where they don't have worship for the military like the american the only place that little males don't like guns is places that they don't know what guns are in which case they they have uh, (laughs) swords and bows yes i mean that's just what they They do do studies where from an evolutionary standpoint that's what we're here for. Yeah. We're here to fight and die. The males are. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you look at uh, the perspective of a defense force, perhaps, uh, where you could have kids dressed up to look like members of the defense force. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, we used to play Rat Patrol, you know? Yeah. And the Rat Patrol was cool, and I thought the guys who were in there, you know, heroic guys out there and Al Alamein and everything it's going up against the desert It's hard not to Fox. like the Rat Patrol, by the way. I mean, the Rat Patrol, right, from, from, from a uh, sort of philosophical standpoint, those guys out in the middle of the desert fighting Nazis, well, you know, not... Yeah, and then terrible. You, you get a little older, and it's you start to realize, oh, maybe uh, if the maybe United States for the United hadn't States gone involved, into World War One and got involved in foreign yeah, policy that, that it didn't belong in, yeah. then it would have been in World War Two. Hitler would have never been there. And then, the Jews would have never died. Stalin would have never received the power. Oh my God, we should have never been involved in foreign policy like this. And then you start to have mixed feelings, like, well, Rat Patrol was still. Kind of cool, though. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. Well, you know, I don't know if Alex was saying that he didn't think kids should be able to play toy guns. I think he was pointing out that under the climate 
this sort of parental climate where they're encouraged to say, all right, go kill. All right, you can be the Japs, and uh, you be the Americans, and you go kill the Japs I, or something uh, look, like that. Look, my parents yeah, never said who was the teams or anything like that, and we, we but, picked but, the teams but that was we liked for whatever reason a, we liked them. He was pointing out, though, that this was happening at a parade where they were glorifying the violence in World War II. So I think it would be one thing to have the kids playing guns and stuff and understanding that we don't do this in real life. We can only do this with toys because then it's fun, you know, just like in video games where you can shoot people and they get to wake up the next morning. Uh, he was just pointing out that it was just he didn't like the overarching message that was being sent. Perhaps the kids were getting it. Perhaps they weren't. Perhaps it was just sort of a subliminal thing uh, more so than anything else. Perhaps they were too young to really get what was going on in the parade. But I still agree with his point, and that is that war is being glorified, and it's disgusting. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up what you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are free, and they include the wiki with over... 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive for free. It's like the listener editable version of our website, wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. And did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Naughty, naughty. Shouldn't your business email be secure? Privacyharbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential, guaranteed. Privacyharbor.com. Because normal email is not secure. No, it's not. And you know, they if you go to privacyharbor.com, they have a uh, a free a free setup that you can uh, try out. So it's uh, privacyharbor.com, and it's not it's not a limited time. They actually have a a free service, and then there's uh, services above that. A friend of mine had an experience with that and uh, wasn't happy. Ended up putting two someone getting broken into good employees pitting them against each other. Oh my! And he listens to this show. So, so privacyharbor.com. What the hell you're uh, talking about here? I can't imagine. But I the I do know that anybody who knows anything about IT departments, yes, they do look through the boss's mail. Absolutely, I did. <laughs> Toll free, 800-259-9231. So we continue with your phone calls. Frank is on the line in New York. You're on Free Talk Live, Frank. Hey, how are you guys? Uh, I just mind? want to talk about how the bailout was a complete defeat of the corporate states. And, oh, uh, I don't know about that. Aren't they trying again on Thursday? Oh, uh, they are going to be trying again for probably uh, the rest of the time until yeah. we get rid of the Federal Reserve. And I just want to tell you guys that... Um, uh, Obama and McCain both voted for it. They both sure. wanted it. Yeah, sure. And uh, all I wanted to say is uh, go to ObamaCrimes.com and check out the two books from Webster, Griffin, Tarpley. Good books for you guys. What about the uh, uh, McCain, what about McCain, crimes? McCain crimes? Yeah, what about his? Oh, McCain? Well, we all know just McCain's a psychotic warmonger. <laughs> yeah, just a what case. do we do? Right. Well, yeah, you're right. That's a good point because a lot of people know that McCain's nutso, but they they think that Obama's somehow more sane. I saw this bumper sticker today. Julia and I were having breakfast at uh, Lindy's Diner, a neat little place here in Keene. Mm. But we were having breakfast, and there's this car out in the parking lot. We were talking about how these pol- politicos – well, what we started talking about was how the, the people that go to college, uh, many of them are trained to believe they're better than other people. Like, <laughs> Oh, they're, they're completely le- uh, leftist, arrogant, and right. new. 
duty. Right. Everyone. And, and so, uh, so that's kind of what we started to talk about. Then we were talking about how you know they, all these college-educated people. Oh, I'm, I'm well-educated. I'm voting for Obama, and uh, you know this this whole idea. And so there's this car parked out in the parking lot with an Obama uh, bumper sticker. But the funny thing about it was the O had a peace symbol in it. And I said, you know, that's a perfect example of one of these intellectually, uh, you know, these snooty people that I know what I'm doing. But they don't even know that uh, that this guy supports the war, that he supports increasing the size of military. I'm sorry. Go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, Well, all you have to do is just go up to that guy and say, hey, Obama wants to bomb Pakistan. And and he's already started bombing Pakistan, uh, predator drones. Uh, you know, but we Obama, Obama hasn't started bombing Pakistan. Well, he, he's called for it, and Big New Brzezinski has put it through. I see. I appreciate you calling in tonight. I thank you, Frank, for the call at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So, I mean, it's look to believe this guy's for peace. You obviously don't know anything about him. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing sit is, up in your the, ivory tower. You don't get a chance to even talk to them. You see the bumper sticker go yeah. by. What do you do? You know, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have said anything to him. And you know what? I, my what's so amazing about those people is supposedly they're all for peace, but they're all in favor of aggressive government stealing from my neighbor. It's just incredible. Well, they don't Anytime realize I, that. Yeah, they don't realize. Anytime I see a bumper sticker of, of some leftists in many cases, uh, I'm particularly vexed because I sit there and say, that's basically an advertisement saying, I support coercion and theft. Well, and the thing about uh, liberals, and this is one of the things that I think is good about them, is that they don't want to see the violence, and they don't want to be associated with violence. So if you can show them effectively that they are supporting violence or they're supporting the gun in the room, then they're, they're going to want to back away from that. They, at first, it's going to make them feel uncomfortable, and they're going to... You know, cognitive dissonance is going to kick in, and they're not going to believe it or whatever. But eventually, they might think about it a little bit more as the message keeps the message of liberty keeps getting put in front of them. I think that uh, there's some people over in this region of uh, the state that believe that we're actually going to have an easier time here in the Keene area because there are so many liberals out here. Because it's just easier to bring a liberal on board with the the liberty message since they don't have that law and order mentality as hardcore as some of the conservatives do. Where if you tell a conservative that he's supporting violence, then it's like, yeah, yeah, all yeah. right, yeah, the law and order law and order mentality. You hit it. Although I have to say, in my experience in college. Uh, hanging out as the only punk rock true anarchist dude in college where all the anar- other anarchists were socialists, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I found that the leftists tended to embrace peace in the abstract, but in the reality of things, they tended to be some of the most violent, obnoxious, mm-hmm. in-your-face, aggressive people you could possibly encounter. Well, so that's certainly talking generally. At Boston College, Boston University, those are the leftists that are going to rule. And uh, you have to be willing to kill people to rule. Like, I've got a plan here, people, and... If you get in the way of my plan, you're going to have they, to they die. They were the utopians. They had an. That's I'm talking point. more of the run-of-the-mill kind of liberals, the ones yeah, that are like yeah. the like the person with the car and the bumper sticker that doesn't really even understand what it is they're supporting. That kind of person. Yeah, could I be think. Converted. I think recently I've had more success converting. Well, at least. 
talking to leftists. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a thought. I'm sure there's certainly exceptions to it. Obviously, a lot of uh, conservatives are going to be really open to the idea of well, if you don't want taxes, or you don't like taxes. Oh, let's see, let's see what the taxes are supporting and see if you like that. And of course, when the government comes after them, then they can realize that it's violence. And when they're coming right. at when the government's coming after them, then they then they understand that well, wait, maybe this isn't so great. So it's right not, not that it's not yeah. possible to convert conservatives. I've just had an easier time myself with the liberals. <laughs> All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Andy's on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Andy. Hey guys. Hey Andy, hey. what's on your mind tonight? Hey, did you guys see where there was a part of this this bailout thing? How I take it? What's this? About what? what now? They didn't pass the bailout thing. Right. That's correct. For yeah. now, they did not pass it, but you okay. can better believe they're going to try again. Yeah, it'll be yeah, done by Friday. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys see where there was part of that where they was actually going to authorize the government to buy unspecified assets? Just sure. Unspecified yeah. you assets. Mean unspecified amounts of assets, or unspecified as in they don't know what the assets are. You, you're talking about they the don't sec- even know what they are. Just whatever they deem appropriate. I think it said or something crazy sure. like was that. Was this the Section secret? Was this the yeah. secret no. provision where where they don't even have to talk about it? Where it's just they no. can just go and do it? They're, they're going to steal our money from us, and then they're going to buy our stuff away from us with it. It's amazing, isn't it? Wow. Uh, did you did you say Section 103 in that one? I, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, I'll check it over and see. And the whole thing is posted. Oh, and by the way, um, uh, I'm going to try to do a pod about this, uh, a podcast about this. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Well, you know, I think it's I think it's good for you, Guard, to be out in the air once in a while because we don't want you to just geek completely out. Oh, no, he's thanks. got his own podcast. You can go to libertyconspiracy.com. And, yeah, uh, but the live, the live element really does. We do like, know, yes. You oh, can yeah, talk yeah. to Gardner Live on well, Free Talk Live. Thanks for what the What I was going to mention to you, man, was that uh, if you got to see Susie Orman was on CNBC today talking about what a great deal this was and there's an insurance aspect of this where the Republicans injected this in so if companies retain the mortgages they can get federal insurance she goes it'll be just like the FDIC and if you want to learn more about the FDIC just go online I work for them <laughs> oh, oh boy. All right, more on the way. You can bring up anything toll free at 800 259 9231. It's free talk. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want just by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. They do include the archives. An entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website for your download and convenience. Enjoy free at freetalklive.com. Uh, we are looking for libertarian students and recent graduates interested in careers in movies, film, animation, or video game production for our spring and summer-fall internships. All positions are paid and include participation in a career workshop. Is All you have to do is visit libertarianinternships.com. There's a $2,000 stipend for a 10-week internship, housing, and travel allowance. you get paid to intern? Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody gets paid to intern except interns in radio. In radio? radio? <laughs> yeah. That's the only <laughs> really? interns that don't get paid. And it's just because, well, people will do it in radio. Okay. It's amazing what these offers are. If you're in this age bracket, you're a libertarian student or recent graduate, go to libertarianinternships.com and uh, check wow. it out. They've got uh, in- internships in the production 
print and broadcast public policy. Great. Wow. So get out there. Cool. Yep. It's uh, where do you go? It's uh, libertarianinternships.com. Okay, cool. I like that. 1-800-259-9231. Ladies first, we talk to Serge in Texas, listening on Stickham. Serge. Oh, hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I was just kind of wanted to talk about internet radio a little bit. Sure. Only because there's so many internet radio stations popping up. You're actually on one right now. Mm-hmm. We are on Stickam, yes. And actually, we're on several internet uh, radio affiliates. Stickam is our video provider. They provide us with our webcam uh, access, essentially. And so people can see that over at cam.freetalklive.com. But what, what were your thoughts? Go ahead. Well, actually, um, you're on ours right now, too. I'm from uh, Z103, the Kakaw. The Kaka. Um, How do you spell Kaka. that? The Kaka. Um, yeah. How do you spell um, it? It's, it's, a, it's a Jewish radio station. Okay. We play a lot of um, Hebrew music. Hmm. Um, we're all bird enthusiasts. And bird enthusiasts? I really just wanted to get your take on it and maybe how um, someone else out there could get out their own uh, internet radio station. Well, are you trying to do that? Are you are you trying to market your station? Uh, who are you trying to attract? I mean, people locally to where you are, or are you trying to attract a, like a, a Jewish client or a Jewish listenership, or what are you what are you looking to target? Serge. Well, actually, um, we're not really targeting Jewish people or anyone in our area. We actually target anyone. Uh, I mean, we do take requests. Mm-hmm. Uh, we. Uh, we're constantly getting prank calls from kids wanting to hear the DOS King. Not that I, I really know what the DOS King is. I would like to hear the DOS King. I don't know oh either, God. but it sounds like we've just been cranked, too. I it's thank excellent. you for the call, Serge. Jewish and, uh, the Kaka. Bird, yeah, yeah bird enthusiast. That was great. <laughs> that was cool. I, 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 you know, that's a pretty good prank. That <laughs> yeah, was good. Yeah, I think was that was good. the zombie. Was that the zombie chick? I don't know. Before. I don't know. Whoever did did, uh, did a great job. <laughs> All right, eight hundred because she did a great job before. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And the crankers aren't usually female, so that's why I think maybe the same chick. I don't. I don't see any correlation. Uh, two X chromosomes. That's all. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. As we continue to uh, let's talk to Stephen in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live, Stephen. Hey there. Hey, what's hey on there, your mind? Are you guys busy tonight? We are busy. Busy. Go ahead. What's on your mind tonight? Okay. Um, what would you guys think about supporting a party called the Secession Party? Are you talking about on a national level? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I've just been, I drive around a lot, and I've just been thinking about this. I'm not sure. I, I, I thought about it both ways. What if there was a Secession Party, it was national, and they ran a candidate for president of that state, you know, Alaska, uh, Georgia, Florida, or whatever, or if there was just one in New Hampshire in your state. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know I'm, all, I mean? I'm I, all in I, favor I'm, of I'm it. I'm like you. I'm about turned off on the politics thing. I'm just right. about there. But if something like that came about, would I support it? I don't know. Well, you know, I, I mean, I would support it generally. I mean, I'd support it on the air. I'd say, yeah, go for it. Do what you think is right. Do what you think is best. Would I support it financially? No. Would I support it with my time? Probably not. Well, it depends. Uh, if they got me excited about the, uh, yeah, if the they party. Had, well, yeah, see, but, that's the thing, is they'd have to have a relatively principled guy running for... Because, I mean, if you manage to get Michael Moore running for, uh, you know, New Hampshire state governor uh, under the secessionist right. party... I, I'm, I'm interested Not in so secession. About it at that point, right? Mm. No, I just <laughs> picked somebody that I know I wouldn't vote for. Oh, you wouldn't vote for? Okay, I was just saying. Yeah, I, I think I think ten well, things, uh, there would be a tendency for things to go in that direction eventually, uh, as one possibility. The other would be a grassroots sort of thing. Uh, but it would be uh, the, the one possibility down the line if we could gather enough people here in New Hampshire to, to throw off the yoke of the federal bureaucracy. 
Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I, I mean, wherever we can start the conversation about secession is is fine by me. And if the people that are starting the secession party actually get to uh, get a foothold and actually manage to, to gain some notoriety through doing whatever it is they do, maybe burning the U.S. flag or something like that, I don't know. Uh, if they I, ever, I don't recommend that. If they, I, I hear it's going to actually happen here in Keene oh, no. within mm. the next month and a half. Oh, no. Uh, actually, I hear that uh, here in Keene there's going to be a triple flag burning. It's going to be U.N., U.S., and New Hampshire. All three wow. flags will be burned yeah, publicly. Yeah, because I've about had it with the federal government. In fact, my uh, I, I chat on Yahoo from time to time, and my new Yahoo ID is uh, uh don't no, you don't want to do that you, you don't want to you probably don't want to give your id out over the radio but you already did so oh, there you oh go. well that's all right I, I don't care why what are they gonna what spam me or something you never yeah. know it's possible oh. <laughs> oh, i can just shut it down or whatever it doesn't matter know. to me it's not so are not, you not actually talking i mean are there actually people talking about this seriously or are you just throwing out an idea uh, i have uh, on various forums and stuff i've heard about it yeah I think it's a good idea, and I think someone should st- start it up, run with it, see what happens. You never know, man. Maybe there's a bunch yeah, of people I out mean, there I, waiting I'm, to join. I'm far, I work 60 hours a week, so I couldn't possibly be involved. But if somebody else wanted to start it up, and I'd, that's just I'd the thing. I mean, that's, that's the tr- that's the tough part. I mean, with politics, we were talking with Tom earlier. Uh, it was a terrible call, but we were talking with Tom earlier about how easy it is to get involved in some of the political machine at the lower levels because. Nobody really wants to do this stuff. It's it's mm-hmm. icky, it's time-consuming, it is sure. expensive, and as you say, you're too darn busy trying to put food on the table, working 60 hours a week, and there's a lot yep. of other people in your position. So going and trying to start a political party, especially at a national level, although I think you were suggesting for state-level stuff, but uh, at a national level, it's next to impossible, and at a state level, it's possible, but it's going to take some effort, it's going to take some doing, time and money and all of that, and like you, I just don't have it. It's certainly not enough to motivate me to do anything anything about it and if you the idea man is not motivated then i don't know maybe somebody out there will take that and run with it and i hope they do uh, and i wish them the best of luck and i thank you for the call sir and oh. the ideas 800-259-9231 we continue to talk to tom in maryland you're on free talk live hello tom good evening gentlemen hey tom what's on your mind tonight um what's on my mind is actually uh something that i um found out about a week ago and uh, on October 1st, have you guys heard about the Homeland Tours starting then? Homeland, Homeland Tours. Tour. Homeland Tours. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where the uh, the military is going to begin rotating military members in uh, here to the United States and oh, yeah. put them on the streets, basically, right? Doing Allegedly doing stuff like disaster cleanup and, and all of that, but really it's just their excuse to, to start putting military members in the streets of America. Yeah, and... Um, it's actually, if you read the article, I'm not going to read any of it. I know okay. you guys don't like that, but it only is a page long. One page. It's not going to take you long to read it. They do talk about that, but they do go a little bit further. And I personally feel like the states, the statements are somewhat incriminating. I'm not telling anybody to lose their mind and panic over anything. And Give me one example. Uh, Give me one example. Well, it talks about them being decked out in full battle regalia. They trained in Iraq, and it talked about civil unrest and so forth. Mm. And I have been pointing out, I have been telling lots and lots of people about this, people I care about and whom I know are interested in things like this, but I knew they did not know about this yet. Only one out of all the people I talked to even had heard of it. Well, um, I, I, I included all them. I said, look. We're not a war zone. It says they trained in Iraq. This isn't Iraq. Yeah. We're not in a war. And I, I, told, I, I said, 
you'll probably, they're not going to, nothing is going to happen immediately. No. But it'll be helping an old lady across the street and getting a right. cat out of a tree Right, they something. want people to be and used to it. Maybe they will. maybe they will take it to the level of, if, or they'll be having them at football games. Right. Well, we knew games. they we knew they brought in the National Guard outside the Republican National Convention, so it'll they'll just start doing it outside political conventions, right. and then they'll expand it up. All right. Thank you, dude. We're out of time. More on the way. Thanks. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. They want to bring them in little bit by little bit to get people used to the idea of seeing military people walking down the street. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. Do it over at amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send us three bucks a month, we take that money and reinvest it into the show and get Free Talk Live on more radio stations all across the country, around the world, and also bring new internet listeners on board. So if you like the idea of getting this program and its message, principled message of freedom, into as many ears as you possibly can, you can help us by becoming an amplifier and getting perks like access to the Amp Only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, all the details, and get signed up. Over at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And you need to know that the world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun shows happening October 10th, 11th, and 12th, all at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m., $10 per person. KNOBCreekRange.com. That's Knob Creek Range. Dot com. As we go back to your phone calls about whatever you want, Devin is on the line in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Devin. Devin? Hello? Hello, you're on the air. Hello, how are you? Just hey. super. What's on your mind, Devin? Yeah, um, I wanted to talk about uh, uh, Jewish people, actually. Why is that? I, uh, myself, I'm a Jewish person, and uh, I heard that, that lady call in before about Jewish people and stuff like that. I don't know what she was talking about, but... What I want to talk about, I was walking down the street, and, uh, you know, it was about 8 o'clock at night, and I was minding my own business, and this cop pulled up to me, and he said, you know, oh, well, your shirt's so yellow and this and that that it could blind drivers, hmm. is what he was saying. And I didn't understand what he was saying, but, you know, whatever. And so I guess this guy, you know, he got my information and stuff like that. And, you know, I had kind of a problem with that, but it's whatever. But apparently he got my phone number, and he started calling me up with these prank calls, this guy. How did he get your phone number? Well, when I, you know, when he stopped me and stuff like that, he was asking me for all my information. You gave him your phone number? What's that? Did you give him your phone number? Yeah, I gave him my phone number. Well, I'd like to point out before you go on that uh, anybody, when a cop talks, when a cop asks you questions, you don't have any obligation to answer them whatsoever. So there was no reason to give police this information. I understand that they have intimidation tactics they are trained in, and that's probably one of the reasons why you gave up the information, because you were probably scared of going to a jail cell. Of course, might decide to ask those questions to you while you're in jail. That's a possibility, too, but even then, you don't have to answer them. Um, So you do have to be prepared to go to a jail cell, but you absolutely can protect your identity uh, by simply not answering. Questions. Of course, nope. if you're in a car, then that makes things a little bit different. But you were on the street, right? 
Absolutely. I was just walking down the street. If you're walking down the street, you have no obligation to even stop to talk to a cop. If obviously if the cop pulls you over on the side of the road, if you're driving, then they're going to, you know, they've got a gun and they've got you pulled over and it's kind of hard to run away because they're going to run you off the road and kill you. But if you're walking down the street and a cop comes up to you and asks you a bunch of questions, you can say, I'm sorry. You, you, you could say, I'm sorry. I've got somewhere to be. I don't have time to answer your questions. Uh, you, you can absolutely just avoid answering the, their questions. Just walk on, move on. Anyway, go ahead with your thoughts. Well, absolutely. And, you know, that's what my intentions were. I didn't want to pull, uh, pull over for this guy. And, you know, you weren't pulling over. over. You were walking guy, down the literally. street, remember? You've, you just messed up your crank call. But go ahead and wrap it up anyway. Yeah. So, anyways, this guy literally jumped up <laughs> on the street, like, with his car and stuff like that. He drives up on the street, and he pulled in front of me. Okay. So, you know, I said, you know, what the hell is going on? So he came up to me. Wait a minute. Is this like, a different time, or is this after he'd already gotten your phone number and started to crank call you? No, this is before he had actually – this is when he actually pulled me off the street. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to explain Got it. when he actually, you know, pulled me over. Mm-hmm. All right. Just, He's crank calling you. Go ahead. Crank calling what? You had told us earlier. Uh, crank calling you about your yellow shirt. You. Go ahead. So anyways, I had this yellow shirt on, and it said, you know, things on the back. I don't even remember what it said. You don't know because right? it's your shirt. That's you neither here nor there. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> so I was, you know, he pulled me over and stuff like that. He got all my information. He's asking me why I'm walking so late at night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said something to the effect, well, you know, I'm trying to get from here to there. I was trying to walk to my friend's house. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's really no problem with it. So, you know, he took my information and stuff like that. And it was dark out at night. And, you know, he's asking me all these questions and stuff like that. He got all my information. So that's how he got my information. We've already been and, over you know, this. I, I, think the funny part about, yeah. I think the funny part about this crank call is that it just goes on forever. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he never gets to the point. I want to know about and the crank call. never tells us about the damn what, cop crank what, what call. About the, does he realize that from the very moment he opened his mouth, we're all sort of on the edge and we're instant messaging people like, oh, this looks like it's a crank caller. And, well, I don't know, but we're going to let him finish it out. Come so. on. Jewish people, yellow shirts, cop crank, crank calling. Wrap it up. Go ahead. All right. So this guy pulled me on, you know, he pulled me on the street. And, you know, <laughs> all right, he got you're done. Thanks. God. 800-259-9231. There's nothing there. No, nothing there. You got nothing on that chick man. from earlier. Nothing yeah, on that. No, no, she slammed you. That was a fun one. Jeez. Because they try to these, they compete sometimes, the crankers. Mm. They will uh, call in succession. I wish I had little trophies to give out, because uh, whoever that was, uh, the, the chick from the... Oh, we've got <laughs> some books to give out Radio this week. Radio Kaka. Don't we I have do. books I, to give I, out? I, I have, a, I have yeah. a green at work book here. All right, all right. Let's continue here. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, so, Mark, you had a story about some people possibly being stoned to death and not in a good way <laughs> no uh from buffalo we were talking about immigration earlier and yeah. this wraps into it uh just you know the, the people don't know uh what it is that this immigration policy is going to do to people and you know the idea of having the ins or the ICE or whatever to take care of this whole immigration bureaucracy for us and the people should follow the rules it's a bunch of poppycock buffalo new york from wivb They've been here for four decades, making a living by running their own business in Buffalo. Now they claim they face uncertainty and possible death if forced to return to their native country. It's a complicated case. One that's been going on for years. But now, two store owners owners could be sent back to their home country and possibly killed, all because of their religion. Seven days Mm. a week for nearly 20 years. 
No, no, it's not all because of their religion. Oh, you're saying they'll be killed because of their religion. The reason they're being uh, taken out of the country is because of the immigration laws. Yeah, well, okay. because of bigots in this country yeah. that uh, think that they can solve problems, Got it. Um, you know, with, with the government. Anyway, this guy's name is, I'm going to try it one time, and then I'm going to go with Hess after that. Okay. Um, Hess Samdin Norati and his wife, Sedjeg. Kazravi have uh, a run a small corner store, and every day they face the possibility of being deported back to Iran. Wow. Their case, fortunately for them, has been bounced around from court to court. Their son, Hamed Norani, said, we've been buying time, but the time um, we are buying is uncomfortably is un- is uncomfortable time. You're wondering every you still day. Have the, it's the, what the, the sto- sword of Damocles hanging right. above your head. Wow. The couple is closer than ever to being sent back to their home country, a place foreign to them now. 20 years, especially since a civil um, a civil law has uh, passed that bans Muslim women from marrying non-Muslim men. Heslam mm. is J- Jewish. If uh, they deport me and ask me to go back, I might face death, says Hess. Mm. Death by stoning. So they're only going to deport one of them, but not both? Both. Oh, they are bo- deporting both. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah, that's the quote from them. That could be punishment for their marriage of over 40 years. Their attorney spoke uh, to News 4 by phone from New York and explained the uh, interfaith marriage law. And because they're forbidden, they're treated it by, as an adulterous relationship. You know, they're not being really treated as an adulterous relationship. I mean, that's a possibility, but they're actually – it's going to be stoned because it's a Muslim woman marrying a Jewish man. That's going to – I see. That's mm. the guarantee. Yeah. Um, and they'll, they'll know they were married by how? Oh, I'm sure that it'll be the news government will tell returning. Them. Yeah. You don't, you don't think some bureaucrat uh, in the Iranian government's going to know? Possibly. You don't think he feels mm-hmm. uh, holier than thou? I yeah, don't but, know how much research Mark, they do. They've been married for 40 years. They've had plenty of time. The government, you know, they, okay, they made a decision. They're going to have to go. Yep. Okay. Make an omelet, got to break a few eggs. You know what I mean? Go. We've yeah. got to keep things perfect. This is so States. disgusting. Yeah. It's uh, they're, wow. they're trying to collect signatures from customers and Aww. friends, hoping oh, to persuade so the immigration sad. judge to take a close look at granting the couple right. asylum so that they can continue to live in the country that right. they love. Wasn't, uh, wasn't Iran part of the axis of evil a few years ago? Yeah. W- weren't they like the, the greatest enemy that America has or something like that? Uh, didn't they pull North Korea off the axis of evil? Isn't it just Iran, or Iran now at this point? Uh, you, they can't even make an exception for people that are going to go and have the their heads chopped of off. Evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was just looking Apparently at a website. Not. They have a thing on here about permanent refugees. Department of Justice memos are being put out. They were put out in September that clar- to clarify that refugees can be removed from the U.S. if they haven't applied for permanent residence within one year. In making, these people have been here forty years. Yeah, it, this is this is crazy and it's totally disconnected. But it's just a little uh, little factoid. In making application for permanent residence, they are subject to the rules of admissibility. If they are found inadmissible, they can apply for waivers and or asylum in front of the immigration judge. Come and beg. Beg wow. for your very lives. 800-259-9231. I, I don't see how anybody can hear news like this and continue voluntarily paying taxes to these people. It's just absolutely outrageous how many lives they continue to ruin in your name. More on the way. Hour three's coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. 
finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop so I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program, and you can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Garg. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. It's very rare that we'll bring a guest on in the middle of the program, but in this case, uh, it was definitely worthwhile. Uh, We're going to talk to... Carrie Ellison. Now, if you've heard that name before, you may recall we have discussed Carrie as well as a number of other bar owners and staff and patrons out in the Charleston, West Virginia area in which we are on this particular hour of the program. Uh, airs in Charleston every weeknight, so Charleston listeners will be able to hear this. But Carrie is the owner of the Black Hawk Saloon as we have, again, discussed how many of the bar owners there in Charleston are basically telling the Charleston Health Department and government people to go screw off because they're, an in- they're not interested in obeying this brand new smoking ban that has been handed down from on high. And when I found out I could uh, talk to Kerry, I figured let's get this guy on the show and let's hear the story from him because so far, uh, Kerry, what we've been reporting has been what's been uh, in the press there in Charleston. And I don't know, the press sometimes gets the facts wrong. Sometimes they don't get the whole story. So... Can you start just from the beginning, maybe for some for some of our listeners who uh, may not be aware of what your story is, Carrie, uh, as far as you know, what happened with the smoking ban, and, and what was it that really pushed you and these other bar owners over the edge to finally decide to say, you know what, we're not going to put up with this crap? Well, let me preface this by saying anything that I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing and, and saying on my own, I'm not acting, uh, I'm not an organizer, I'm not... Um, uh, coupled with anybody, I'm not acting with anybody. No, none of none of the other bar owners are speaking for me, and I'm not speaking for any of them. That makes sense. And uh, uh, that occurred to me at the um, board of health meeting that several of us attended last Thursday, and they were um, some of the other bar owners were, were just rude to the board and and mm. just rude to the health department people and and I felt that was unnecessary. It's, um, they're doing their job. They're doing what they think. Just because they're on the opposite side of the fence um, does not. Um, they don't deserve rudeness and. It's and, not beneficial. Well, yeah. There's no yeah. reason to be impolite to these bureaucrats. Yeah. They yeah. may be trying to control our lives, but we should at least be polite uh, as we deal with them. And I think you're right about that. But let's go back to the yeah. beginning, Carrie. What happened? Uh, they, they passed this smoking ban not too long ago. And when did you decide that you were no longer going to tolerate it? They started this. July 1st okay. was they they voted it in or whatever they did a year ago and it, they implemented it July 1 and I we complied with it uh, to the T from um, incidentally I'm a non-smoker 
Mm-hmm. So it, it tickled me to death not to put up a cigarette smoke here anymore. So, so um, July one, the ashtrays left, uh, threw them away. I wouldn't even even allow the bartender to smoke in here after we closed at three o'clock in the morning. We're stocking beer. Uh, wouldn't even let her smoke. No cigarettes in the place. So um, all the other these other places were were having. They'd take beer cans, put tape around them, and disguise them as an ashtray. <laughs> disguise, them, disguise an ashtray as a beer can. Use beer bottles and uh, cups of cups of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything so not to have a ashtray out. So uh, I would call the health department and ask. You know, all I wanted, all I wanted was a pl- level playing field. Um, if either we're all going to smoke or nobody's going to smoke, one or the other. So I would call them and, and, and tell them these other places are doing this. Well, well, we'll look into it. We'll look into it. I called them 22 times. Oh, it's I have a record of it. 22 times in six weeks, and every time it was we're, we're looking into it. Well, at the at the six week mark, I told Gail Harris of, of the health department. I said, now if if you don't start doing something, I'm gonna do something. <laughs> so we don't do that. Well. I uh, hung up the phone, went to the newspaper, and put a small one-column-inch ad in um, that said, Tuesday, August 19th, Smoker's Night at the Black Hawk Saloon. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and then the ball, the ball started rolling. Uh, mm-hmm. Tuesday evening at 4 o'clock, the, uh, the place, I wouldn't have had more media in here if I had murdered somebody. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's and, great. And, and it, and the and the place was the the bar was filled with with people and smokers and and it was it was I've never seen a building with that much smoke in it that wasn't on fire. <laughs> All right, you, you couldn't you couldn't see through the building. I think that and, is fantastic. I want to get you get back to your story here, but I just want to interject something here uh, on this program, uh, Carrie. I, you probably never even listened to Free Talk Live before, but uh, but I want to welcome you to it and uh, explain to you that on this program. I think that it's so important that we have more people do things like what you're doing, and that is act like the business owner that you really are. And and if the government people are demanding some absurdity, some sort of uh, that you bow down, that you obey their uh, their diktats, and and in your case, it's hurting your business. You know, people are just not coming in because people like to have a smoke with a drink sometime, and to to just not obey. And let's let's have more people non cooperate and see what these government people do about it. We've had some people experimenting with non cooperation up here. It's been quite successful, but one of the critical elements we haven't really had is there haven't been too many business owners that have had the courage to be able to, to do this. So I have to congratulate you for having the cojones to put it on the line, so to speak, here and do something that most business owners just, they, they're too scared to do, and that is stand up against the state. Yeah. Any repercussions? Come, uh, not yet. They, they, um, they filed charges against me uh, on the um, Last Thursday at the magist with the magistrate, mm-hmm. so I'll be arraigned on the 14th. Me and four other, four other, well, two other, three other bars. There were three bars and two uh, gambling places. What kind of charges uh, are they far- charging you with? Um, just did uh, violating violating the smoking ordinance. I see. That's, that's and, all it says. And that's and so uh, they've they've actually in, in violation of smoking ordinance, which which. I don't. My stance is I'm not. I'm not violating it. I'm just not recognizing it. I'm just not honoring it. I just don't recognize right. it as as well, a. And and the the uh, the health the 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 board the president of the board of health refers to it as me breaking the law. 
And <laughs> when she was, it was pointed out to her that it's not a law, it's an ordinance. She <laughs> said that that a law, that an ordinance, is a law. No, that's, that's not true. False. Well, when I went to school, they 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 showed us a videotape of what a law had to do to become a law. It had to be a bill. It had to go to the legislature and all this shit. You know, all oh, this stuff. yeah, sorry. that's right. Yep, be careful. Yep. You're on the radio. We'll let you get I'm away sorry. with one, but we can't do more than yeah. one. Okay. All right. Go you're ahead. good. You're good. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you saw all the videos, and and it was quite different than an ordinance, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, an ordinance is just a um, a handful of people who pass their pen and say, "That sounds like a good idea. Let's 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 make everybody do that." But what about the law of private property ownership and you as a business owner being able to decide for yourself what it is that goes on underneath your roof without having to beg for permission or check with some bureaucrats to make sure that whatever your plan is is okay? I think that's probably the most persuasive thing here. Number one, you don't have an obligation to their uh, to their code, in my opinion. And number two, if it's your business, you're paying the rent, or better yet, owning the building yourself, who are these people to tell you what you can allow or disallow underneath your roof? Right. My, my sentiments, exactly. And, you know, yeah. we, we had the same sort of thing going on up here, my friend, and one of the things that drove me crazy is you've got a whole slew of things to back you up based on the Constitution of the United States, which is supposed to provide that private contracts between you and your employees and your patrons who agree to come in there. Uh, those are supposed to be off limits from governments. So if you've got a deal where you're going to allow smoking, you've got the contract clause of the United States Constitution that's supposed to back you up. They don't even pay any attention. And then they say, well, we're trying to protect the employees because they'll be forced to work in these places. And you just say, hey, look, uh, employees choose to work in various places that have all sorts of different types of risks. Are you going to stop loud music from being played because it could hurt their hearing down the line? Or are they going to be allowed to have the choice to work where they want? Well, if you let a smoking ban happen, then it's really only a matter of degrees until you get to a loud music ban or something else uh, in, to that end. Yeah, what are the possible ramifications uh, if you are found guilty of defi- of uh, breaking this ordinance, buddy? Good question. Uh, uh, a t- uh, $1,000 fine, up to a, between a $200 and $1,000 fine, and then if, if, if I have two of those, two of those convictions, mm-hmm. which makes, it, which makes their viol- their viol- that violation valid, then they can pull my health permit. I want to come which back is, with more. Carrie, can you hang on? Pull. Can you can yeah, you sure. hang on for another segment? I want to bring you back to discuss this some more here. And if you've got a question for Carrie, one 9231 He is Carrie Ellison, the proprietor and owner of the Blackhawk Saloon in Charleston, disobeying the smoking ban. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The right now will be taking calls related to our guest first. Uh, his name is Kerry Ellison. We're going to get right back to him in a moment, uh, but first need to tell you about inner knobs. If you're remodeling your kitchen or bathroom, you can purchase knobs and poles at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live, and that is innerknobs.com. Save 10% on your order if you use the code FTL at the checkout. That's innerknobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs and poles, all at internobs.com. And don't forget to join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where you'll find the Shrine of Female listeners and more. Let's go back to Carrie Ellison, the proprietor of the Black Hawk Saloon. Are you the owner, Carrie? You uh, you own the building or just renting? What's your ownership status? I, I just rent the building. Okay, but you, you are the proprietor of uh, the Black Hawk Saloon. How long have you been there in Charleston? Uh, just five months. 
Oh, wow. So relatively new business. Uh, very interesting that somebody with such a new business is willing to essentially put it on the line. And that is what you're doing. Uh, the Charleston bureaucrats have decided to, to create a smoking ban. Now, does the smoking ban there in Charleston, does that apply to all restaurants or all businesses, period? Well, that, that's that's the thing. They, that's the thing that, that really got me um they got Concerned. my attention. <laughs> they, got, they got my attention. Was was, but it wasn't a level playing field. There, um, now of course, statewide bingo halls can uh, can smoke because the legislature said they could. Uh, the legislative chambers, which is also located in the state capital, which is in Kanawha County, they can smoke there. Of course, they can. It's a there, double there, standard there, all there, the way. There's a. Um, uh, tobacco stores here in town, you can smoke there mm. in the building. Um, so basically the bingo owners and the tobacconists managed to grease the right palms in order to get themselves exempted from the, the smoking ban. Yeah. Apparently, and, and that's all I'm saying, the the smoke is not any more harmful because I sell alcohol than than if no matter what I sell. So, um, And like I asked the lady at the uh, health board Thursday, she said, we're trying... Secondhand smoke kills, and we're trying to protect the residents of Kanawha County. Well, just like Elvis's bodyguard said after he died, and he was asked, why didn't you protect him? He said, how do you protect someone from themselves? Yep. And that's yeah. what they're, they're trying to protect people from themselves. And I asked her, I said, if, if you want to get rid of secondhand smoke, then do it with firsthand smoke. You can, if you can buy the cigarettes, you ought to be able to smoke them. Yeah, I, I mean, isn't that crazy? Right. They, they they'll sell the cigarettes, they'll tax the cigarettes, but then they won't let you uh, smoke the cigarettes in your own bar. You, if you if you did smoke, in fact, you can't smoke in your own bar that you pay the rent on. You you know everything in there is yours. That's crazy. It's unbelievable. So you've yeah. gone ahead and you've disobeyed this. You publicly advertised that you were going to be allow, uh, allowing smoking. People came in masses uh, to come and participate, which I think is great too. That you actually have uh, the the people that are patronizing your bar, coming in and, and giving you support, because that may come into handy, uh, especially if you're going to a courtroom situation. What you might want to consider doing is inviting your patrons to come along, say, hey, you know, my court hearing is at this time and at this date, and That's would right. love to have you guys come into court. And then one of the things we do up here, and I know, Carrie, you don't know much about what we're doing here, but uh, New Hampshire, we've got uh, thousands of liberty-loving activists all moving up here, and it's it's people that believe that uh, if, if we want to be free, that we have to allow our neighbors to be free as well and people like that are coming here and some of them are getting active in a non-cooperative fashion and we've seen some amazing successes so far where people are not cooperating and then when they go into court on whatever the issue is speeding ticket or u-turn or something like that uh, they go into court we bring as many activists as we can into that courtroom and then when the so-called judge walks in and they say all rise nobody rises everybody stays seated and it really sends a message to these people that uh, we've had it we're we're not going to put up with this crap anymore and we're not going to obey now Gardner, you asked a question before we went away to the break there carrie and that was you know what is the potential uh what what's going to happen if they decide to convict you based on whatever arbitrary nonsense they bring up if they decide that you're guilty of this uh this ban there's a up to a thousand dollar fine if you do it twice then they could possibly pull your health board uh uh, accommodation is that correct or your your certificate my, my health permit which is required by the liquor commission in order to hold a liquor license. So if I lose my health permit, I lose my liquor license. Mm. So so essentially, if I lose my health permit, I'm I'm done. Out of business. 
How far are you going to let this go? I mean, I understand this is one of the things when it comes to business owners. It's one of the reasons why we don't even normally see behavior like what you're doing, Carrie. Most business owners aren't willing to step out of line for a moment. So you should be congratulated for even just going out of line for just a little bit here. Uh, are you going to go ahead and buckle under? Are you going to, you know, if they if they hit you with a second fine, are you going to go ahead and pay them? Or are you going to take it to the end and see what they do? I'm willing to do the same thing my sister used to do on a date. I'm going to go all the way. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going all the way. If if they shut me down, so be it. They'll shut me down. And I'll sell lemonade on the side of the street if I have to. I'll pick up tin cans, Could but you? they're not going to tell me what I can or can't do. Good if I can't you. run it, this is just like if somebody comes in here and they start a fight, I put them out and and they say, "Well, that's not fair. You they don't let us back." This is my place. When yeah. you walk in that door, you're in my world. Right. This isn't Kanawha County anymore. This is Paco County. This is Kerry Olsen there County. There you go. That's how I see it. Now, Kerry, here's my other question Peter, for you. It's your place. I it's love this guy. Fantastic. I, this is awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, if they actually do pull the permit and then that ends up in your liquor license being revoked, what, what about a private club option? What if you sold memberships uh, to people, and as long as they weren't government bureaucrats, uh, what if you sold memberships to people and then made it so that you had to be members only to get in and then, therefore, you know, no no cops allowed, no health board people allowed. If you work for the government, uh, sorry, you're not allowed. Uh, would that be a way to kind of continue doing business without necessarily having to uh, jump through their hoops? No. If in in West Virginia, um, in order to have a liquor license, you you are a private club because um, and and you have you have members that you don't fill out a membership card anymore mm-hmm. just because. Uh, for whatever reason, they they don't uh, they just don't require it anymore. But but when you when you apply for the liquor license, you state how how many members your your club has, and and supposedly anybody that comes in the door, there's a there's a sign on the door that says private club ABC, and then your then your liquor license number. So it's already a private club, and their argument is, and and they they've addressed that. They said. Well, it's not really a private club per se. It's just we're just saying that because of the liquor license, it's really not private. It's still it's still public, and we don't want our public subjected to your secondhand smoke. So if they come and they pull the uh, the liquor permit, and you decide, well, uh, I don't know, really care who you people are. I'm going to keep selling this, and you keep your doors open. Would you expect they're going to send men with guns to come in and hurt you? If the liquor the liquor people yes the health department no I see. you you don't mess with the liquor people they'll shut you down in a heartbeat if if I had a bottle of moonshine on my on my shelf um, I would not be able to get by with it hmm. probably not eight hours let alone twenty four let alone as long as I have this this my smoking. Um, Rebelism. Carrie, uh, it's been great having you on the program. I wish you the best of luck in your con- and continued success with what you're doing. You are one of a few, a handful of very courageous business owners. As you say, you're willing to take it all the way. A man like that. Just that, like his sister. That puts it on the line. Uh, I have a lot of respect <laughs> for, and I wish this country had a whole lot more Carrie Ellisons out there. I thank you for coming on the program here, here. tonight. Way to go. Hey, I appreciate your time, guys. Thanks, Carrie. Thank Good luck, and have a great night out there. Right. Hang on, I'm going to talk to you in a, mo- in a moment here, Carrie. More on the way. This is your show. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. It is Free Talk Live. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, and they include the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with a couple thousand of our listeners, over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Advanced liberty at the local and national level through a summer internship at the Koch Family Fellow Program. The program places libertarian and free market students and recent graduates at organizations in Washington, D.C. and at state-based think tanks across the country. All positions are paid and includes, include a housing and travel allowance, as well as uh, multiple cl- career workshops throughout the summer. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information. LibertarianInternships.com, 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls about what you want. It's Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Hello, hey, Bill. gentlemen. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, I have uh, a thought process that I thought I'd run past this great panel and see what your collective thoughts are. As uh, we've discussed in the past, I am in the process of starting my own business. Uh, basically an online venture, and uh, I've gone through some of the uh, state uh, red tape um, in regards to uh, what I'm what I'm going or what they think that I'm going to do in order to keep a legitimate state-run business. And I've already told them that I'm not going to get a um, a, a, a particular license because it's not warranted in this particular situation. La di la di la. Well, now I'm moving on to uh, federal, and uh, it has to do with taxes. Um, I'm not really wanting to participate in the system, and I'm really not wanting the government mm-hmm. to profit from my work. Um, so I did some, some research, and I I've, I've found a uh, loophole that may get me out of having to legally pay the taxes, and that is to register my uh, my corporation is a uh, 50, I think it's a 503C. 501C. Uh, oh, 501C. 501C3, yeah, tax that's exempt. Um, Isn't that a charity thing? Yes. Well, no. Uh, well, there's different facets to it. And I'd be, uh, what I would be taking advantage of is the fact that since my business is uh, education, uh, basically educating people about their finances, um, I could actually uh, go under that umbrella and still have uh, some of the um, uh, the uh, perks of having the, the uh, what are some of the other uh, what are some of the requirements? So I mean, there's going to be some paperwork here, right? You're going to have to prove to them that you're not uh, making a profit and things like that. Isn't that the case? Um, yes. Well, they have a, a a window you can make up to a certain amount um, before they 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 ding you uh, being uh, a profit company. Um, and there's ways to, to shelter the the income. If that means I have to become like St. Jude's, um, you know, donor of the of the year, uh, that's something that I'm willing to do just so I don't have to um, uh, participate in their little system. Now, my question. Well, you is, are still participating in their well, system. You understand that, that, right? Well, that's what I was getting at. Um, 
do I really want to go this route? Would it be easier just to not pay them the money, just, you know, go through the motions of just running my own business? I'm not even going to go through the the the, the, uh, the steps of uh, doing that whole uh, uh, going to, like, a uh, LegalZoom.com and, and doing the LLC or mm-hmm. the... the you know, class C corporations. Uh, well, wait a minute. So wait a minute. Let me see if I've got this clear. You don't even have a government corporate, government granted corporation for your business yet. Not yet. How are I'm you going to get a five hundred one three C three on that? Can you cool. do that as a reg- just an individual? First, or? you have to, have to incorporate. Then you would have to apply first. Yeah, I would first have to incorporate, and then I'd have to go and apply. And it and it all that goes to the same. Uh, the IRS basically makes the determination whether or not I qualify and. They'll say yes, you do, or no, you don't. Right now, the, the the question being is, would it be just be easier just to you know flip off the entire process, or do I want to take advantage of the system because? Well, it's always easier to just say flip off to the entire process, but then you know you are running a risk of possibly being uh, prosecuted for it. But then again, a lot of people uh, get away with it and they're never prosecuted. Incorporation doesn't help you as nearly as much against the government as it does against somebody who would like to sue you. um, uh, You know, for some. I don't think he was asking about that. He was asking, should he go through this process of jumping through all these hoops in order to be government approved, no, you know, no tax status, or should he just? Do business and not ask permission to do business. Like, it depends on how much risk you want to take. I mean, register well, the I register I'm, the website and in some foreign country, um, you know, rent it, you know, that way, and then they'll never know. Well, that's a good well idea. right, right. Because um, my thought process was that you know, either way, I'm going to end up in their in their little system. Either way, you look at it. If I go the route of uh, filing for the for the nonprofit exemption, uh, I'm participating that way. If I don't and just flip it off, then eventually. Uh, I'm going. I'm running, like you said, and I'm running the risk of being dragged into their court, mm-hmm. um, and and then having to go with, uh, and participate in their system that way. So I mean, um, so I'm in a catch twenty two, um, dinged if I do, dinged if I don't. And I was just wondering if maybe I could just, you know, just say, heck with it, you know, you know, sue me if you want to. Um, well, it just depends yeah. on how fed up you are. I mean, I, that's that's what I do. I just go and do my business. I don't ask people for permission to do my business. That's It's my business. It's private, and yeah. it's none of their damn business. So I just do it. Uh, one of the nice things about being here in New Hampshire, I don't know if it's like this in other places, is I can walk into a bank, and I can – I mean, maybe it's just TD Bank North, but I can walk into a bank – and basically say, this is my business name, and can I have an account? And I can put my name and any old business name I want to on there. Uh, they didn't ask me for any sort of proof that I have a corporation in that name or anything like that. So I can accept checks in my name, or I can accept them in the name of Free Talk Live. It makes it, re- it, makes it really easy. So there are ways to do this. I might recommend that if you are going to go that route, that you not get an interest-bearing account for your business. Uh, in many cases, it's hard to get an interest-bearing business account anyway, but to make sure that you don't get interest bearing that way they aren't reporting anything as far as interest is concerned to the irs that might be one thing to consider if you're going to go down that road yes i will definitely take that into consideration and before i i jump off here i did have a question for guard mm-hmm. um um in regards to your show uh coming mm-hmm. back yeah. uh, did you by chance uh get my suggestion via email about uh possibly going uh blog uh was it uh Blog Talk Live. No, um, uh, what is the name of the website? <laughs> Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have I have heard from some people about that, and I'm going to look into it. Um, uh, it's it's a real steep curve right now, on, on uh, especially with everything that's going on down in Washington. 
And uh, so we're, I'm going to be trying to organize that, and I might do that maybe once a week or something like that. I have to contact them, and uh, it's it's going to take me a little while to get it all worked out. Right now I'm looking at trying to just uh, update things very quickly with everything that's happening in Washington, and then uh, I'm going to be doing um, probably every every few nights a week uh, doing uh, brief conversations or interviews with people. I have a special one that I'm going to be putting out so that you know, we get some different voices out there over at Liberty Conspiracy as well. That's and, libertyconspiracy.com. That's yeah. your website that's where people can go to get hooked up with your uh, podcast yeah, are you still calling right. it against the grain uh it's just going to be liberty conspiracy audio now okay um, and uh you know even though i have a, a great introduction for against the grain and it sounds really cool and i put it all <laughs> it together sound and cool. it sounds great and i got you know killing joke in there and stuff and Danko jones but um also and for the people who contribute we just opened up a yahoo group and i'm going to put special audio files in cool. there and old skits and articles like uh, that are in there now. So uh, I'm thinking about that. Blog Talk Radio has been suggested to me a number of times. I'm definitely thinking about doing that. Uh, the great thing is that with technology now, I can do some great interviews with people, and I want to do uh, even more. So uh, coming up, we're going to have a, a really long one with uh, Sam Blumenfeld, who's like the man behind knowledge about government involvement in education. But uh, one of the things I, I also wanted to mention to you was, you know, I had looked into uh, starting up a 501c3 nonprofit educational organization and uh it it's it is a bit of a hassle uh and if you can do it you know the only advantage is is the tax free status if you can do the things that you want to do without having the form the 501c3 and you feel a little bit better because you're not incorporating and going under the auspices of the state, it might be a little better for you just to do your business. But if you want to if see you're willing if you to take that, that risk, yeah, yes. you, you can take advantage of it. If you can get that tax-free status, if you can do it, hey, hold on to more of your cash, But man. then you've just got to, if you're a tax-free status, and thanks, Bill, for the call, if you're asking them for permission, then they're going to demand stuff from you. They're going to demand proof. They're going to demand evidence. They're going to demand paperwork. And then you're under their system. You're part of their system. You have to follow their rules in order to continue to have that status. And then they control you ever more so. More on the way. It's free talk. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, we do ask that you go ahead and uh, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is that you buy, we get a cut. Even used items, 41 categories to shop in. Amazon rocks, and you can get the stuff you need, the prices you're looking for, free super saver shipping in so many cases. Head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done. As we continue with your calls about anything, it's Jared in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jared. Hello, guys. How are you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Well, I wish that guy was still on the show because I just wanted to congratulate him for what he's doing over there with the uh, business and and uh, fighting the smoking ban. Um, well, he's probably yeah. going to be listening. Uh, I would yeah. I would imagine uh, in this next hour because the the show runs this hour the show runs an hour late uh, there in Charleston, so he can certainly hear your comments at this point. And I would encourage anybody <laughs> listening in Charleston to head down to uh, head down to the Blackhawk Saloon and meet Carrie and and meet his staff and. Congratulate Definitely. them for staying so strong in the face of this government adversity. Definitely. They faced a lot of uh, opposition here in the pro-freedom side when the smoking ban went in. and Especially here in the seacoast where I am, it was like 80% or something for the ban. Mm. And it was a hard sell to people for some reason. And 
Of course, you know, I, I, I'm against it on principle. I think it's government force. I think people should be able to smoke in business if the business owners allow them to. Absolutely. But um, another point that my wife has pointed out to me is that now that this, people aren't allowed to smoke in the restaurants, they're all smoking on the streets. Mm-hmm. And so when we push our, our two little girls down the street in the stroller, we're getting like three times as much smoke in their face. Yeah. Well, well, I'm sure they'll the solve that problem, Jared, by outlawing smoking uh, in front of businesses, and they'll force everybody out by, by the dumpster. Well, it's obviously yeah. the solution, Ian. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we all know that. <laughs> uh, I have a question for Guard as well. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, man. What's going on, Guard? Hey, not much, um, brother. Hey, I wanted to know, if, you, if your uh, John McCain sketches are any, available anywhere online, <laughs> funny, like when, you know when John used to call you all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny you should mention that. I, I just, uh, <laughs> excuse me, for the, for the people who are, have donated to the Liberty Conspiracy site, you know, we shifted over there so that I can continue doing that and my other job. Uh, now that I'm not doing the radio job, I had two jobs, and now I'm going to hopefully the, the website right. and, and things like that. So uh, I have a huge backlog, and I was going to be making CDs available and putting them out on Cafe Press. And before I go and do that, I thought, you know what, for the people who contribute, I'm, I really like these people. I'm going to start making available at short periods of time some of these skits. That's a great and, idea. Yeah, I think it'll be great. And there's a Yahoo group devoted for that, so they're going to be posted uh, one or two at a time inside the Yahoo group. And one of the best things i got to tell you is, and I don't want to take too much time, but when I started doing these, I was at a radio station called WGIR, and yep. uh, I was yeah, and I was doing uh, another job in the morning, and I try to do show prep, and then drive up within an hour, and then get on the air. And my producer's name was Jason Richardson, greatest guy you'd ever met, great guy. And uh, I would actually have sometimes I wouldn't even have enough time to go in and record the John McCain voices. And then my voices. We'd have to put a phone effect on them. Then you'd you mean have to... that wasn't actually John McCain? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Well, so... I never mind then. Well, um, yeah, really, well, exactly. I think it would be great. All my family who supports John McCain, I just wanted to hear that. Oh, stuff so man, bad. yeah. It was so, so much great. fun. And the funny thing is... Well, I, I, I was just going to... in the mail from my dad, and I, I, I think that would be a great response. i got to tell you, one of the funniest stories was uh, what I had to do sometimes is I actually usually would record them, and we'd, we'd splice the, the stuff together with me, my voice on the on the microphone, and then me as John McCain in the phone going, yeah, you little pansy radio man, I don't <laughs> like you, you know, that stuff. So what it would end up happening was sometimes I wouldn't have time, and I'd say, Jason, I'm just going to have to do it live. And I had a phone next to me on the right of my microphone, and I would call into the studio line where Jason in the other room would pick it up and hook me in through the system, right? Then I'd put the phone down, and I'd say, okay, let's go to our next caller. John, you're on the air. Then I would have a cough button where that would cut off my microphone. Then I'd pick up the phone, and I'd read my skit as John McCain, <laughs> and Jason would wow. put me through. So I would go back and forth. I'd That's take like the Phil Hendry. That's it was what just Phil like Hendry Phil Hendry. Yeah. And That's the, old school. Yeah, and Jason, you know, the funniest, the wildest thing about it, uh, it was so old school that the first time I did it, did it, I didn't realize I had written on the on the back side of the page. So I got to the bottom oh, and no. I had more. And unfortunately, I had my hand on the cough button and I was doing the John McCain thing. I didn't have a hand to turn over the paper. Oh no, to do it anymore. 
<laughs> so I had to like add. It was crazy. It was so crazy. So you've actually fun. been making fun of John McCain for a long time. Yeah, like I mean, three so. years now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I hate that guy. You of, of only making fun of him because he's running for president. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's an added. You're not exactly just, an Obama fan either. No, no. Obama calls me up and calls me sweetie. So that's kind of fun. And he put me on hold one time. Obama and he, he calls love, everybody love sweetie. Team. Yeah, that's true. So if you want to get access, all you have to do is if you go to the Liberty Conspiracy website, I mean, it's a great, great opportunity to plug. You just go to this website, hit the donations thing, and we have the three, five, and seven dollar level, and it helps me out. And then I'm going to load more skits over at the cool. site. Cool. There you go, Jared. Thanks, Thanks for the call, dude. Jared, you rock. Thanks. Oh, All you're right. awesome, man. Hey, 800-259-9231. Just enough time for your call if you make it now. Hey, now, um, it, uh, Gardner, Ian and I have gone round and round over this uh, donation thing. Mm. The AMP program, not donations. That's true. The AMP true. Pro- program is support from people that want to help uh, help Free Talk Live advertise. Well, for Gardner, it's, uh, you're helping pay his salary. I mean, you're helping put food on the table. Understood. That doesn't make it a donation. Are, are Contribution? They supporting there's, there's supporting a, a good point. terms like supporting, supporting um, yeah, Liberty Conspiracy. The fact is, because you know, we, you know, join, for our, yeah, yeah. if they want to join the little club, it costs money to, for memberships to join clubs. And, you know, donation, you're not begging. You're working. And I'm going to offer something. You've That's been, a great You've been point, working in radio for a decade. Right now on. you're going to, uh, you know, you're working by providing your show as a podcast. No donations here. Right. Good no man. donations. Sorry, you know, you've been not been doing radio for a decade, have you? I just made long? a number. Well, you know, I just, I just started FM radio a long time ago, but I got out of it, and then I went to L.A. and did uh, script writing stuff. So, you know, well, off, anyway. Yeah, there uh, you go. Hey, and Jared, Jared, that guy is one of the coolest guys. By coming up Rocks. tomorrow, I'm going out to Concord again. It's very unusual that I will go to Concord at all, <laughs> but especially two weeks in a row. And I am going to go out to Concord tomorrow, and it is because they are putting yet another one of our friends on trial. The Federal Goon Squad is going to be putting the publisher and the editor of the New Hampshire Free Press, Cat Canning, is going to be on trial tomorrow for the same charges that Lauren Canario, another activist here in New Hampshire, was facing last week when about 28 people actually went into the federal court we had so many people at this, Gardner. I know that you weren't able to make it, unfortunately, yeah. but there was the most people that had ever been, uh, as far as liberty activists, in a federal courtroom here in New Hampshire happened last week with Lauren's trial. Hoping we can have as many, if not more, people tomorrow for Kat's trial, which is allegedly supposed to start at 10 a.m. However, what happened was today they decided to haul Kat into the court a day early so they could get the trial over with. Well, you know why they were doing it. It's because they knew there was going to be a bunch of activists to show up tomorrow afternoon when it was originally scheduled for, so they figured they'd snatch a cat out of her jail cell, haul her into the court, get the trial done, and then tomorrow everybody would be SOL. We wouldn't have any uh, court to attend. They tried that, but Kat one-upped him because she got up, and when they were doing their little trial thing, she said she was going to call Lauren as one of her witnesses because Lauren was there. Uh, when she was arrested, and, well, they didn't know that was going to happen, and it certainly didn't give her a chance to, to prepare in advance or anything like that, so she managed to pull this one out, and she said, I'm going to call Lauren, and so the judge got pissed about it uh, because she was foiling their plans, and so now they're going to they're gonna put it off until tomorrow morning uh, at 10 a.m., and they're going to f- finish the trial at that point with Kat being able to call Lauren, etc., so it sounds like it's been moved up. Maybe they'll try to make it even earlier than 10. Who knows what's going to end up happening tomorrow but activists will be in concord new hampshire tomorrow and details are over at the nhfree.com forum tonight uh you can get the latest on the case if you go to the nhfree.com forum and as you mentioned to me prior to the program ian this all comes from basically 
handing out information. Not even that. Uh, well, originally, what it was was Dave Ridley went into an IRS office from RidleyReport.com. Yeah. He did hand out a piece of paper. They charged him with the illegal distribution of handbills. When he went into jail, that was what prompted Cat and Lauren to go into the Keene, New Hampshire IRS office and hold a sign. Cat uh, was holding a sign sitting in a chair. Lauren was standing in a V-mask silently. That's all they were doing. I was there. I saw the entire thing. Mm. And that's all they were doing. They were cited with you know refusal to obey because when they were told to leave, they didn't. And then they uh, got a $125 fine for that. They were arrested and walked away with a $125 fine, which, of course, they're not going to pay. And then they set a court trial for them not paying the fine. They didn't come to the court trial, so they get the you know the failure to appear charge, mm-hmm. and that's why they were arrested. And that's what the that's the charge they're going to be. Um, she's going to be held on tomorrow morning. So Good we'll luck, see what Ken. happens. I'm going to head up there uh, tomorrow, and we'll let you know what goes down. Right. And if they treat people differently, because last time there was like twenty something people in that courtroom, and the bureaucrats were being laughed at. They were ma- being made to look like fools. So will they behave differently tomorrow? We'll find out. We'll let you know. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. This is an interview that uh, I did with Dr. Goldfarb from uh, the Delmar Labs, the, who, uh, the company that puts out Dexy 20 And we, I just wanted to ask a few questions and uh, find out some things about Dexy 20 and possibly, you know... Uh, clear up some things for listeners that might have had questions about it. So I did a little interview with uh, Dr. Goldfarb today, and if you're interested in Dex C20 as a product for weight loss and it, you know finding out a little bit more about it, this is a good interview to listen to. Um, if it's you know if you're not interested in weight loss and not interested in the product, you're going to be bored by this interview. This is a special interview with uh, Dr. Richard Goldfarb for Dex C20 and. Uh, I, I, you know, we've got Dr. Goldfarb on the line. You there? Doc? Yes, I am. Excellent. Um, I, I, you know, I, I wanted. I've been taking this uh, weight loss uh, supplement. It's called Dexy Twenty. I've been taking it for, I guess, six weeks, maybe, maybe eight weeks now. And I wanted to get an opportunity to talk to somebody uh, who sort of had some credentials about it. People have been asking me questions that are well above my uh, pay grade. And I, you know, wanted to wanted to talk to somebody about it, so they they referred me on to you. Okay, good. <laughs> um, you think you can a- answer a few questions about Dexy Twenty? Hopefully, we can. Sure. Okay. Glad now, to. I, um, I, I, it's my understanding it's made out of a uh, a, a cactus from India. That's correct. Yes. So, um, tell me about the, the um, this cactus, if you would. Well, it's a cactus plant grown in India. That is called Carolina fimbrinata. Okay. And it's, it's grown in various regions of India, but the uh, product that the uh, company actually gets from India is actually grown in a very nice environment, and they keep it, so therefore the active ingredient is at its highest level. And they harvest it there and process it and then send it through uh, very, very strict regulatory issues and send it right into the actual company that then processes it. And that's a major advantage, the company itself, because they have their own facility to actually process the product instead of just buying the product and hopefully, you know, hoping that uh, people have processed it correctly. Yeah, I was, I, I've heard of other uh, Caraluma products out there, and I wondered how Dexy 20 stacked up and what made them different. 
Well, I think the fact that the, uh, the Del Mar Laboratory uh, facility itself, which is a very strict pharmaceutical manufacturer, which produces uh, prescription medications as well, is therefore able to really process this in the most strict uh, environment, and therefore the, uh, the public can feel very certain of what uh, product they're actually getting and making sure what the mixture is and they're getting the actual true ingredient. I think that really bodes well. We as researchers really have to be very strict on that because when we're testing it on clinical patients, obviously, we have to be sure that the product is, is what they say it is. And, of course, the safety factor has to be there. And we found that this is quite safe and effective. Now, when I worked as a personal trainer for, uh, for a couple of years, and, you know, what we'd always give people as far as advice goes is, well, you know, um, eat less and make sure you exercise. Exercising is so important. Get out every day and exercise. And, you know, my lifestyle has changed now with having a kid and living outside of town and, you know, responsibilities with work. I don't get in to exercise, well, honestly, very much at all. Um, this has to be happening with other Americans, how many, like, what's, why isn't exercising and eating right working for Americans, and how many people are overweight in America? Well, unfortunately, it isn't working as well, but we still promote as physicians that everybody uh, should certainly diet and exercise. As you get older, your metabolism changes, therefore you need to exercise more, not less. And obviously, as you get older, you're more tired, and you don't have the energy to do it. And with our busy and hectic uh, schedules, especially with the economic scenarios that are going on right now, yeah. everybody seems to put this in the back burner. But it is still the, the base of what's important, not only for diet, but it's also important uh, for you to have a healthy heart and the rest of your organ systems to work properly. So diet and exercise are still absolutely paramount when it comes to uh, controlling you know, your weight and all your cleansing of your uh, organ systems. Yeah, I'd, I'd well, say I'd say it was um, was very important, but it's just so hard, you know, when you're used to eating, a, uh, you know, a certain amount and your activity level goes down and you're still eating that sort of same amount. I, I, I haven't been able to figure out any way to, to cause myself to eat less, and this has been helping with that. Well, I think that's what it is. And we, we tend to really like this product in our research, of course, all we did was really look at it uh, you know, very critically. And I really think it was a great kickstart to get you into the mode of eating less. And certainly if you consume less calories, therefore you're not going to gain as much weight. And that's what we all want to do is cut down on the calories. And then, of course, we want to make sure that people would choose the right foods to eat. You know, sure. And that's the real essence of the way this product works. It really just makes you feel like you're full and in a healthy way. Yeah, I, I feel like at the end of the meal, I have some control, more control than I had previously. You, you know, I would sit there with a, uh, you know, after the first pork chop, I'd sit there and with this moment of indecision thinking to myself, man, I really want that next pork chop and I don't want to, you know, eat some more vegetables or whatever would probably be a, a superior choice. I, you know, now I feel like I have that uh, that ability to control there at that moment in time, and I think it's I, just because I'm I feel more full. And that's really what what it's excellent for, and that's why the product is so effective. It, it worked for me personally, but it also worked in our uh, controlled study, and that's why we're currently doing a very large study to even get more data to show how effective the product actually is, as far as 
depressing the appetite. You don't feel as hungry. And therefore, if you don't feel as hungry, you're not consuming as many calories. And therefore, your body will, quote, lose weight. And in fact, one of the other uh, components about the product that we found uh, from the research and looking from the actual ingredient manufacturer was that it actually uh, caused you to burn some of your own uh, fat that mm-hmm. was stored as fat. We found that that was an excellent way, in addition to just consuming less calories, to actually uh, have an overall reduction in weight. So, uh, now tell me how how did um, it? Obviously, if you take in fewer calories, you're going to burn some fat because your body needs to burn a certain amount of calories, and then it's taking in fewer, then it's it's going to get them from your midsection or wherever it gets them from. Um, but it uh, Dexy Twenty somehow uh, prevents fat from sticking together or something. And how does that have anything to do with weight loss? I don't, I don't understand. Okay. Well, <laughs> first of all, you had asked a question earlier, and I'm going to answer that for you. There really are approximately 60 million Americans that are quote classified as overweight. So this obviously is a major issue in this country, and unfortunately, the numbers are going up and. The people that get to be overweight are even younger, which is not necessarily a good thing. So right. we really have to promote diet and exercise, even in the younger group. And people are living longer, and they need to do this in the uh, aging population as well. What, what we found is uh, the key component in the uh, Dexy 20 reduced the pre-adipocyte cell division by up to 35%. And what, what it really means is, is the com- component inhibited the accumulation of the fat cells. In other words, you're born with a certain amount, a finite amount of fat cells. And what happens is when you continue to eat, these fat cells expand or what we call hypertrophy. They get much larger. And if we're able to inhibit that enzyme from them getting larger, you're actually reducing the size of those fat cells, and therefore you're going to reduce the overall size that you have and your weight is going to go down. So you prevent the fat cells from getting larger. Where does the fat that where's the fat go? I mean, if you're um, if it's if it's well, being the fat cells will actually shrink. They will be reduced in size, and when you reduce the fat cells in size, that's that's a major major plus for you because obviously your body weight and your total body weight will go down, but more importantly, your uh, fat content in your body, your percent of fat content will also diminish. Yeah, body weight, body weight doesn't matter much when you're talking about, you know, it, it, it's it's how much fat you have. That's really what it's all about. And I think you people can tell without by pinching where the fat is, <laughs> you know. Um, oh, sure, they sure can. Now, you said that this product worked for you, right? Yes, I personally took it after uh, I researched and found it was safe, and I actually had lost uh, 12 pounds on the product, and I still take a uh, take the product for a maintenance control for myself, which I think has really been very helpful, and I've continued to lose a few here and there, and I think I'm almost at my uh, ideal body weight, and now I've added some diet and exercise, and I've gotten stimulated to do that as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, it for me, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going, to, I'm trending downward, and it doesn't really matter to me how long it takes, as long as I'm losing weight. I was trending upward, so to me, that shows the products working. Um, now, you, um, you did a study. You said that there was a study, a, a smaller study, and then you went on, and you're currently doing a larger one. Tell me about the uh, the smaller study and how that worked out. Well, what we did is we took uh, a four week trial, and we took participants in this trial, and there were were, uh, 
the actual weight loss of these participants was was really remarkable because uh, all of them in the study had lost uh, an average between 5 and uh, 12 pounds and 2.9% of their body fat, which was really remarkable. In fact, uh, the information is on the uh, website from... uh, the company in Dexc20.com uh, website. Yeah, I found the and, I found the weight loss to be amazing too. Yeah, yeah, they, we really were excited about uh, about that. So that, in turn, told us, boy, we really had a small what we call an efficacy study. You have to do a small group of uh, patients in that type of a scenario, and then when you see something that's effective like this, you really should do a very large study. And therefore, you know, it's not going to have any biased opinions, and it's really just gives it much more credibility. And we're in the midst of doing that. In fact, we're at the almost the termination of doing that. And that's about 100, uh, it's a little over 100 now, 100 patient study. And those reports will be coming out. And uh, so far, I can't uh, reveal all the uh, results, but uh, so far of what I have been told by the uh, double-blind researchers that we have, because we have four different sites uh, doing the study, that everybody's been uh, pretty happy with what they're seeing so far, just from the comments, as well as what the uh, actual participants have lost, so the total body uh, fat. It's, it's looking, um, you know, it looking like similar results um, in this study, in the big one? Yes. Well, very good. Um, I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm, I'm surprised by the amount there. It's, it's probably a little more than it's working for me. Have you found, um, have you found that it works differently on different people and, and that kind of thing? I noticed that some people in, in the study, even though it was a, by and large, 83%, some, some um, lost less and some didn't um, lose any at all. How are you finding it works di- for different people? Well, we find that, and actually, I'll be able to uh, report that when we have all the data. And on this study, but you know, nothing works 100% for everybody. No. But in the small study, it did work 100%, and that's why we needed to do the large study. Oh, wow. We found the majority of people are really getting an adequate weight loss, and the ones that add certainly to diet and exercise are even going to do better, and we certainly encourage people to do that and to eat properly for everything, like we said, you know, not just the, quote, weight and body fat, but, you know, for your cardiovascular health and all those other things. And, and I also... So we really... Go, go ahead. I'm sorry, doctor. I said, so we really uh, feel quite encouraged that uh, this product is, number one, is safe and effective uh, from what we're seeing thus far. You know, and, and sometimes I would have a couple of days where, you know, between uh, bottles of pills and I, I didn't, uh, you know, take them as religiously as I should. And I saw those weeks there was a definite definite difference in the amount that I would lose. I'd lose a couple of pounds in a week where I took it every day. And then, um, you know, at that point, and then if I didn't, I, I probably wouldn't lose any that week. So how much do you think you've lost so far? Oh, I I think I'm probably at about six, uh, uh, maybe seven pounds now, but I haven't weighed myself uh, this week. That's great. Yep. It's, I mean, that's, that's very encouraging, and that's also a very healthy weight loss. Yeah, and so I don't have much have to lose. These yo-yo diets drop, you know, a lot of weight very quickly, gain it all back, and the kind of weight loss that you're describing is very healthy. Yeah, I don't have much to lose, maybe 10 or 15 pounds uh, maximum, but those are the hardest ones to take off. I, I you just you just they're so difficult to take off. So, I uh, I'm I'm really encouraged by the product. It's working for me. 
Yep, as well. It worked for me, and I'm going to continue to take it and use it because it is working for me as well. And I can't wait to uh, report our large study. I think it's going to have a, a tremendous effect on uh, the credibility of the product. And uh, it's just a really good product. It's a good manufacturer. It's a good company that uh, has made this product. We certainly get a lot of other products from other companies. And when we go through a lot of our scrutiny to study them even, uh, we, we don't end up studying them because a lot of the problems occur with side effects and all those type of things. And we didn't really see that in this type of a product. Dr. Richard Goldfarb, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, as I said, I think uh, many of your listeners can go on the DEXC20 uh, website. I think a lot of good information that we covered is on there. And uh, I really would encourage people to, to give it a try. That's off the record. That's not as a, that's more of a uh, person who has had success on the, on the product themselves rather than quote, promoting the product. I just think it's an excellent product. It's, it's certainly worked for me. They can order it at diet.freetalklive.com, and it's also available at uh, Walgreens, CVS, GNC, um, you know, the, the major uh, dr- drug stores around there. It's in a gold box. And as a matter of fact, uh, last, uh, last, last week when I went to the, uh, the drug store, it was on sale. So there was, uh, if, I, I don't know if that was just Walgreens doing that or what the deal was, but it was it's $14.99 for the uh, 30 pill bottle. And uh, good deal. So Dexy 20. Thank you, sir. Thank you.